gosh, look at those nipples. They're like baby toes. It's not fair. I had to hide every erection I get. Sometimes I get boners so big I can't hide them. And then I get nervous and my heart starts pounding. And it all just like feeds my boner. It just becomes this thing that's attached to me and it won't go away. Dude, just imagine if girls weren't weirded out by her boners and they actually wanted to see him like this shit. You know, it's been like a year and a half since I've seen an actual human female nipple besides my mom's. I saw it last month and it was sick. Holy shit. Lyot was two years ago? I guess so. She was insanely hot, though. Exactly. Too hot. That's what sucks. How can that possibly suck? I'd be fucking psyched if I got in with the girl that hot. You got, like, what, two dozen hand jobs And three quarters of a blowjob. But that was fucking it. And it was the peak of my ass-getting career. And it happened way, way, way too early. You're like Orson Welles. Exactly. If I'd built up to it, I'd probably at least be having steady sex with a mediocre-looking girl at this point. I honestly now see why Orson Welles ate his fat ass to death. You'll have sex in college. Everyone does. And if not, you'll have the bang bus. But the key is to be good at sex by the time you're in college. You don't want girls to think you suck dick at fucking. I think you've got a chance with Jules. She got mad hot over last summer and clearly hasn't realized it. Because she's still first with you. Are you joking, man? Let's see here. She dated Dan Remick, Matt Moore, Josh Korber, and what's, uh, what's his face? All of those were cool guys. She's been hot way longer than you think. Why would she end her high school career with me? Well, Helen got with Ar- Ariel Schiffer. <laughs> yeah, and he was a complete fucking loser. You're a step up from that, which is why you should stop being a pussy and do her. You could naileth the shit out of her for like two months before you leave. That bitch looks like a good fucker. Hey, I'm sick of you talking about her like that, man. What? You can talk about that bitch all day, every single day, and I can't say one thing about her? I don't constantly insult her. I didn't insult her. I said she looks like a good fucker. She looks like she can take a dick. That's a good thing. Some women pride themselves on their dick-taking abilities. Tried to read that shit like 
four times. Yep. Fucked it up. be perfect. And honestly, it's, be perfect. I think it's Schaefer, not Schaefer. Schaefer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Schaefer sounds too Arabic or something. <laughs> Yo, that shit funny. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ugly Franco Show once again. This is episode... Fucking 83, I think. And this is a very special one, okay? Because me and my boy, we go way back, dude. Way, way back, all way right? Back. Sito is in the building. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me, man. showing up disrespecting me, looking better dressed than me and shit. Hey, man, just casual fits. Just casual fits. <laughs> fuck you, bro. I've never <laughs> seen Emerson look trash, bro. He always looks gangster as fuck. I appreciate that. It's just true, bro. But much love, man. We have gone way back. It's been yeah, we knew each other in middle school, yeah. elementary school. Practically went through, what, like even a church rite of passage together. <laughs> yeah. And then all that. Yeah. Everything. And now this was delayed, essentially. Wanted to plan this before, but. Amen. I'm glad that you came now because all this equipment is better. Yeah. And honestly, it's, I'm in a better place in life, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I knew I knew I'd ask you one question and like because you've been reading books and you've been like learning things. I know you just go off. Yeah. This is about to be your podcast. Bro. Hey, I appreciate nah, man, it has to be a split, but definitely <laughs> I think we'll get into something nice together. Yeah, I haven't read in a uh, I started reading uh fucking Terry Cruz's book. Mm-hmm. I got like the chapter seven months ago. So let me tell you I about just this. Gave man. Up. So there's a lot of people now, even like my roommates, I guess I started small, but I started reading first, um, kind of at the end of the year, essentially 2022, uh, started 2023. I started off with two books finished and yeah, then those two books kind of hit. And then I started sharing like kind of the idea of reading books to my roommates. What'd you read and first though? So I read uh, David Goggins book. Oh and, yeah. yeah. So it's that like, can't hurt me or can't stop us whatever it is the, the first one and i'm into the second one but i haven't started it like i bought all the books i have like 12 books and i've rented out seven so i'll get to that point of like renting out my books but <laughs> my uh, essentially i told him he's like hey you want to start reading the book and he started reading a book called atomic habits and uh my roommate loved it he like fell in love with it and just it just clicked it just like clicked for him and he just decided to keep reading but we decided to do a thing. It's almost like we started a book club and we've, I've had now seven, like close around seven people come to me and kind of tell me just like, hey, what are you reading? Just get to that same kind of story you're at where I started a book a long time ago. I haven't read it in forever. And I'm like, well, I have a book for you. And I'm gonna, if you want to read it, if you want to get back into reading. And essentially, I made up a little board where people write down their name and then they write the date that they want to finish it. And then I keep uh, myself as their accountability kind of coach. And I'll ask them every few days, like, hey, man, what page are you on? This and that. And just keep expanding on that. I like to start especially on books I've already read because in that way I can ask him. But I still do ask him either way, which have you read? Like, tell me about it. You know, some kind of concept idea that you got out of it. And some people will be like, oh, man, I haven't started. I'm on page like 10. One's like, well, get after it. You know, just simply get yeah. after it and start reading the book and will come back later in the three days and tell me something. And now it's started to where a person hasn't read in years to now they've finished their first going on second, maybe finishing their second going on third. And it's kind of been a really cool little kind of journey in a way, but also been able to just get everybody to start better habits. 
Yeah, that's nice. Mm. So what started you reading all these books for yourself? Um, I guess I would say a a traumatic point in life, I guess. Now he got his heart broken, ladies and gentlemen. In in the way yes. we all know what it means. It's okay, yeah. dude. But in the sense with that as well, like there's other roller coasters in life that were happening at the same time and they all kind of geared up together. Yeah. And so after that, um, I was like, I don't like the version I am of myself right now. Yeah. And I'm like, just like everybody else, I'm, I've been through many battles and many journeys and I have no excuse to put any kind of, you know, limitations on myself. So what I'm doing now isn't working. So let me try something different. And so then I just started picking up books. I started picking up the weights again. And I decided to something as simply as growing out my facial hair, which is a different idea. But I'm like, maybe it'll give me a different version of myself. And when I look in the mirror, I'm like, there is a change happening. And so I got my braces off as well, which is a big five-year journey, essentially. Dang, how's that feel? Show them, show them. Oh, damn. They look nice, bro. Yeah, it's it's been different. Like, and permanent retainer and all that but essentially after that i was like you know what this is let me try this out for a little bit and it's not like it happens overnight but my mentality in a sense snapped overnight and it was like and a lot of these things these books that i've read too it's realized that even in the darkest parts of your life and the darkest journeys when you seem to have no light it's you just have to keep on going and eventually you'll find that light. And essentially that's what kind of happened. And I, I'm i taking kind of every day just by day in a sense. And I'm not putting mm-hmm. any sort of say limitations or factors of the future or the pre- or the past. And more like I'm living in the present every day and realizing yeah, yeah. that. And yeah. so it's it's been a very big clarity. And so because of that too... I realized that and the simple things that I've done, whether it be reading books, whether it be working out a bit, like people have noticed, people have said things mm-hmm. and it also, not that I need it, but at the same time, it's really nice to have reassurance that what you're doing is different and it looks better on you. Yeah, and, for sure. Yeah. And for sure. People, you don't need the validation, but like it's, you have to have some sort of like encouragement from other people in your life. I think it's super important. Anybody that says they don't need anybody, fuck you, you're wrong. You do. You wouldn't do things if you were the only one on the planet. You do it for other people. Of course you do it for yourself. But, like, you want someone to say, like, wow, I like your beard. Or, like, hey, like, your shoulders look like they're coming in better. Or, like, dang, did you lose weight? Or some shit like that. You know, whatever people do. And something like your hair looks different. Or, hey, did you do something with your hair? Like, every yeah. little comments, whatever it is, the simplest of the comments, whether it be, hey, today you look a little better, or today you look better than yesterday, in a sense. Just something simple. Yeah. But, you know, just kind of finding better things and positive things to continue to keep going. It's like those little small, in a way, like, trophies that you have. Yeah. And those are important in life. And going to the whole social thing um, is we're naturally born or inclined to be social human beings. So anybody who kind of... Myself, who I've been a loner my entire life, is like, I thought that life is good and it's okay and I can keep doing that. Mm-hmm. But more and more I've realized and read too, especially, mm-hmm. is like, you need to be social. You need that happiness. You need that crying. You need those emotions. You need those relations. You need all that stuff to essentially 
be alive and be a person and be what is naturally inclined for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what you said, it was like a, whenever I have something in my life that needs to change or I feel like I want to change it, it is like a snap overnight, but then it takes way more time to actually change it. Mm -hmm. So with that too, is I guess small little habits that I've been able to read and pick up as well is, is that concept of like finding small little trophies and everything. So it's not about essentially getting there as quick as you can, but essentially you have the bigger picture in mind. And while you have the bigger picture in mind, focus on the other things that also are not right. And so while you're focused on that, whether like an example would be, you know, there's things in life where it's like you get up, you do your bed, you know, and you brush your teeth. Those are all simple things, but then you hop on your phone. And if you hop on your phone, if you take down and script it, let's just say it's 7 a.m. and you get on your phone at 7 a.m., you write it down. You count down the minutes, whatever, and the time you get done, it's 7.42, you write that down again. You do that throughout the day, and then you keep making this excuse of, I don't have enough time to go work out or go paint or go read or go do this. But then you look back down at those minutes, and you see how many minutes have accumulated to hours, and then realize that you do have that time. And you're just putting that into your head. So it's like even just that small being able to write that down and come to that realization is a small little trophy that you just made for yourself. It's an accomplishment. It's nothing you did. It's not a physical, really big thing, challenge or something you overcame. It's just having that realization and realizing that you at least took the time to do that, to be able to formulate that concept for yourself. So it's like that small trophy is, okay, I got that one done. So the next day, let me do two more. And then eventually you'll get to that big task. And then once you get to that big task, then that big task becomes easy. And then you keep going. And then once you start taking those baby steps, you overcome those small barriers, then it'll become easier to eventually take a bigger leap. And then those bigger tasks, whether it be getting in the right journey in fitness, whether you're like, I suck at meal prepping or whatever it is like that, well, then eventually it's like you finding the day to meal prep is easy because what you've already timed throughout your whole day things that matter, whether it be your hobbies and things that you love to do. And you realize mm -hmm. that you have this enormous amount of time, actually, if mm -hmm. you just kind of be present in the moment. Oh, yeah. Back to that. Oh, yeah. Understanding mm -hmm. everything you're doing and why you're doing it is huge. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I wake up like today. I didn't have anything to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just woke up, started playing solitaire. Fucking Almost an hour and a half later, I had gone through all of my social medias. I had messaged people back. I had fucking wasted an hour and a half first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. I was like, yo, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Why did I just waste my whole fucking morning right now? Just simply because I didn't have anything to do. Yeah, and but we do it. And think you know? about it. If you just like, instead of doing that, it's like you got up and then you read for 15 minutes or like 30 minutes. And then you stretched out for another 15 and then you did your social media. Then in your head, you're like, well, at least I did the reading. At least I did the yoga. And so, yes, I can reward myself with this. So you did something right before to get your reward. So it's yeah. like a cue. And that's the thing going back to this book, Atomic Habits from Creating Habits. It's understanding cues and understanding how to manipulate your cues. So then you can get passed on. You have to make your cues positive. You have to What's a cue? So, like, a cue would be um, your phone dings, you look at your phone. 
you walk oh. by a, a shop that there's a like let's just say a pizza shop i smell the pizza gosh i need to go eat some pizza it's like do you really need to eat that pizza you really need to check your phone so instead of that going to the pizza and checking your phone it's like you get up and you walk or you you know stretch around you do something else for those first 10 minutes and then you do the check phone mm-hmm. and then you get the pizza after a 30 minute workout mm-hmm. and then that becomes a lot easier to then ignore that pizza ignore that phone because you already added a positive cue to something else yeah so it's like it almost becomes as an easier distraction that cue of smelling that pizza is hey i need to do a 30 minute workout before that mm-hmm. so you're always adding a positive kind of cue reinforcement to what you're doing right because the mm-hmm. cues are going to be pretty much there until a certain amount of time has set in where you don't even care about the cue anymore. It's a habit. Yeah, it becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. That's such a fucked up thing to think about a, re- a phone as a reward. Mm-hmm. Like, like, oh, I did, I did what I need to for thirty minutes. Now I can look at TikTok. Mm-hmm. That's so. That's so weird. That's like backwards to me. It thinks, and but then the more you think about it, the it's more so stupid. The con- exactly. The more the concept becomes stupid. So the less the idea of getting on your phone becomes yeah. something entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's Oh, exactly, I see. That makes sense. Exactly. And it's like this whole these whole books make it more they make it more clear and they do they say in better words and stuff, but yeah. like the the general conceptualization of it is it's amazing and it's beautiful to be able to listen and yeah. to be able to get cuz it's like these books and this thing I I feel like people don't really captivate about books is sometimes these books are 70 plus or 50 years plus of people's lives uh-huh. put into one. So yeah. whether it be people's deaths, breakups, heartaches, you know, things in jobs, financial and success, whatever it be like that, they all lived it and they figured a way to overcome it or at least be having a mindset that would get them past what we get into stuck in, whether it be depression, anxiety, whether it be all those dark little darkness, essentially they found the yeah. light. And these people put it into it, and it's not essentially giving us an answer, but it's helping us find our answer for ourselves. Because in every book, no matter where you're at and anywhere in the world, no matter what, whatever you're going through, there's an answer to it in a book. Maybe it's not worded exactly how you think it should be, mm-hmm. but you will essentially, as you read it, you'll be able to fathom or gather up the answer for yourself through the problem that they may face in that relates as close to yours. Yeah, mm-hmm. somebody else experienced it first, for exactly. sure. There's not, there's, think about it. Like, is there anything that there's, someone has not experienced? No. Yeah. Not at this point. Mm-hmm. Not at this point. It's like, and if you were thinking of more generalization, like major things, deaths, like those are the things that really impact you, deaths, mm-hmm. breakups, yeah. you know, all those financial success, whatever it be like that, um, gaining weight, whatever it is like that. And like mm-hmm. it always brings you in a dark spiral you know even if you mm-hmm. get into darker subjects whether it be you know assaults or something like that it's like s- people have gone through that too and unfortunately like it's not something easy to overcome but there's things to do to be able to make yourself realize that you're okay and you'll be okay mm-hmm. yeah what do you think it would take for you to stop reading books like if you met a girl today like you went out tonight and just met a girl and started spending a lot of time with her do you think that would break you out of this this, uh, this kind of like self-promotion that you're on? Not promotion, but self, self-furtherment self that you're on. 
do you think you get caught back up in the girl again? Because I know it's hard, bro. Every every time I get, I have a girl that starts hanging around or something, or I start being interested in someone, I drop something, and it makes me pissed. Whether it's doing the laundry every Tuesday night, or uh, I haven't not done a podcast because of a girl, but like, there's just stupid things. Like I've I've stopped working out because of a girl. I'm single now, so it hasn't like continued or anything like that but what do you think do you think that she would that you you, you've made this part of your personality up to this point and you you just kind of like keep doing what you're doing and you'd say all right babe sorry like i gotta go fuck off for two hours and i'll talk to you later or would it it be rough (laughs) i'm glad actually you asked the question there's no right or wrong answers it's just what do you think what you do because i already thought about this myself essentially and i also was a strain from away from if you would have asked me this probably a month ago, mm-hmm. I probably could have told you yes. Or even like a few years ago, whatever it would be, I would tell mm-hmm. you yes. Easily. I could have straight away. And probably even a week ago in a sense, because I was, mm-hmm. um, I get, I'm a social human being, mm-hmm. you know, with that too, horoscopes, it doesn't even matter. I'm a Gemini as well. Mm-hmm. So that's also a, uh, to a lot of people, but at the same time, it's... I don't know anything it, about that shit. That's all. I'm I, an aquarium. Yeah. That's, see, I don't know anything about it. I just know <sighs> the vibe Aquarius. is when people hear Geminis, I always hear uh, afterwards. So it's like, I don't know, mixed feelings. <laughs> so, but anyways, um, very social. And so I just, you know, I go out and I'm pretty personal human being and I get along with a lot of people and I, I'm, yeah, I've met people along the way and yeah, I was talking to people and yeah, I was hanging out with someone essentially, but then it was, it got to me too. And there was moments in those days that I was like, I want to go see them or I need to make time for them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, but then I also have to go work out, but then I also have to go hang out with my friends or when I was hanging out with them, I would hear my friends out there and they were having a good time. And then mm-hmm. I was like, I just missed out on that essentially. And my roommate's about to leave Mm -hmm. too. It's like, am I doing what exactly I need to be doing right now? Mm -hmm. And so then now more than ever, I don't think that I could get to that point anymore. Like I don't think Mm -hmm. a a female, I think now a female who comes into my life needs to almost like puzzle in with my lifestyle and my life as well, as much as I will with them. Because mm-hmm. that's that's all I can expect from them, and right. that's all that they, and at the same time they deserve. So it's like if they can put up with me if I want to go and work out at twelve at night to two in the morning and miss two hours of snuggle time or whatever it is, mm-hmm. like then I hope they can, you know. And, and that speaks a lot more for me how much they care about me and they value me. Mm-hmm. So it's not more no more about me. It's me putting effort, but at the same time it's not putting too much effort anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like now just letting. The world take its natural course because deep down like you gotta understand i feel like there's always going to be a person that's molded perfectly for you or at mm-hmm. least in the rightest way or at least can shape you to the way you do change yourself is only for the good in a sense and so my reading i don't think it'll stop i want to find someone who's a reader i became a reader like that idea of you know you start reading a little bit and then you because you're building up to be a reader or you're painting a little bit to become an artist. No, like it's, you have to make your idea, your ideology. It's like straight away. I'm an, I'm a reader. I'm an artist. I'm this, I'm that. Mm-hmm. And you have to continue that no matter what comes in, no matter who comes in. It's like, that's who you are. That's, mm. that's the person you're becoming. 
That's mm. who the version of yourself that you want others to see. So it's mm. like, why would you take away from who you are as a person for someone else? Mm. And so if you can get that installed into your head, and that's what's helped. I've been trying to get to that point. It's like, I'm an athlete because I go work out or I'm mm -hmm. fit because I go work out. I'm a musician because I like to listen to music and I'm starting to play the guitar. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a reader because I read books because mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. and it's like, and I'm a philosopher because I know how to talk mm -hmm. and I know how to be able to guide in a way. Or it's like, I'm a student because I know I'm a learner because no matter what, I'm still learning and I always will continue to learn. Mm. It's like, no matter, it's like, you just have to make that philosophy. And I feel like that's what now has been able to establish that idea of me being able to go back or stray away from what mm -hmm. I was doing than to now keep doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I've, I think I reached a point of maturity. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing. You know, I'm, I'm 23 now. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm a man. And at the same time, I have little sisters who are looking up to guidance. Mm -hmm. So it's like, who do I want to be in this world? Who do I want to leave this world being? You know, who I don't want people looking at me because at the end of the day when I die, I don't want people looking at me in an ill manner or looking at a person who just chased after. It's like I want to be someone who created and someone who guided mm -hmm. and someone who helped. And it's like for me, happiness is my purpose. That genuine smile or happiness you get from someone, mm -hmm. either from giving a gift or something nice, mm -hmm. is scientifically proven it's like everything in your body lights up for whatever seconds milliseconds it is and in that pure moment you're just in happiness mm -hmm. so it's like the most natural state and for me like that's enough but if someone appreciates the things i do or don't it's like i at least did it and that's for me enough mm. yeah why do you think you have such like a like a, a strong feeling about the labels what do you mean by the labels like when you start doing something for a while, you label yourself as that activity. You start working out for a while. You say, "Oh, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a gymnast, or I'm a, I'm a fitness person, or whatever." Like, if you started painting, then you'd say, "I'm an artist." Mm, okay. So, why do you think you have such of that? Because I'm the opposite. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of things, and I don't label myself as anything. I'm a dude who does certain things randomly. Like, I'm not a podcaster. I'm just a dude who sometimes does podcasts. And I hate the label thing. Mm -hmm. So I want, I'm interested why you, why you feel such a strong, um, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think it's totally, uh, relative mm -hmm. to each and every person, but what do you think about that? It's from the ideology aspect. You start deconstructing from the main ideology. So your ideology is an artist. And so then you escape away. It's like, what, what does it become? What do you need to do to become an artist? An artist is someone who continuously paints, an artist is someone who continuously crafts, someone who creates. So if you stray away from that, are you truly an artist? It's like the people who... But like in the beginning, why are you making the label as an artist? Why? Because then why? It, it makes it easier to keep that to yourself in a way, to, to make yourself that. Or like start from that idea and just continue the habit. Essentially, if, if, if I were to just be like, I'm going to start painting now, you know, just start taking these strokes and doing this. Then the tomorrow I'm like, well, you know, I'm not really an artist. You know, I, I suck. My lines look crappy. But you do art. Yeah. But it's but you don't have to be an artist. You could just be a dude that does art. Yes, you can be. But yeah, 
it makes it easier for me to continue that if I know and I put myself like, hey, I'm an artist. It makes me easier to be confident as well. Makes me feel, or whatever that wiggly line, whatever it is, uh-huh. I have more confidence and to be like, hey, man, look at this. How does this look to you? Okay. Because I think a lot of the thing, too, is like people are afraid to even show or be able to, in a sense, share that idea of what they're doing or what who they are or sometimes even like, look at my art is this yeah. crappy or not and like no matter who you ask even if there are sometimes an artist yeah. like can i see your art and sometimes be like you know not right now like i don't have something too good yeah and it's like well but if you're an artist do you not want them to see do you not want the criticism do you not want the positive do you want the opinions and everything to keep continuing to be better to keep continuing to craft or better your craft essentially okay so then what if you what if you take on this idea that you are, let's take artist out of it. Let's say you got you get into gymnastics a lot and you start doing flips for yourself and you're still insecure and you don't want to tell anybody, you know, I, I put on a leotard and I go to the gym and I balance on the balance beam and I do all this shit. So you've taken, but you've taken on for yourself the gymnast. What if you straight suck at it? And then you show somebody, but in your head you're a gymnast and then they shit on you and say, dude, you fucking... <laughs> you look like a tumbleweed. What happens then? That's just being able to, again, going back to that, being able to take the criticism. Is it's like, as well okay. as opening up to the, the social and being that social butterfly, yeah. you find the people who are the realest with you, the people who won't essentially lie to you and mm-hmm. will tell you the things that are right. So if you're doing something that doesn't fit to who you are, mm-hmm. it's like it's easier for them to point it out and for you to understand and hear them a lot easier more clear mm-hmm. in a way and that's how like yeah like yeah the gymnast aspect you're a gymnast you suck at the flips my friend or your, most of your friends be like dude i don't think that's good for you. you're gonna get hurt mm-hmm. like most likely you're gonna stop if not it'll drive you to do more practice to do better to mm-hmm. skill reform that to better your craft at the end mm-hmm. and it's like either you can go that route where it's like, you know what, it's like maybe st- take a step back and let me find something else maybe I'm as passionate or a different way mm. that I can find a little more passion with. Because also it's the passion that people have. It's yeah. like if they have that passion, whether they suck or not, they're going to keep trying to kick ass. They're going to keep trying to do, they're going to keep try- trying to go. But it's like some of those people also don't know how to take the criticism. It's like, yeah, or that to be able to fix themselves a bit. And if they have that surrounding, whether they have the ideology and it's creating the environment because as much as it is your I- ideology, you have to create the environment that backs it up. So it's, that was my next question. Um, how would you handle that situation? Somebody coming in and saying, "Do you suck at this? You should stop." Do you do you stop or do you say, "Oh, I, I don't suck because I'm doing it." So fuck you for that. I'm just gonna keep trying and then get better. Or do you just? Like you said, maybe find another alleyway or pathway. But the whole thing being based on what they said. Just based off what they said, I guess. Is well, which way would you take it? Like, would you would you base it off of how you feel about the activity or would you base it off of what they said? It's based more. I take their what they said into account. But ultimately, the only one who can make the final decision is me. Right. You know, so like whether I continue it or not, it's going to be me. Yeah. But it's like and. But getting those feedbacks is very important. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the thing that people sometimes don't take in. They try to be this lonely warrior in a way. Yeah. And, but sometimes it's like if any book you read, any David Goggins, any 
fittest man or most elite warrior. It's like they had someone next to them or a comrade or someone they can list off or something they said back then that they keeps and keeps them going, fueling them, whatever it is. It's like they have an outlet to keep going. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I don't think you should ever ignore what people say, but at the end it's like you take, you have to take your ultimate decision yourself. And yeah, you have you know, to decide for yourself if you, you even do. give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And with the environment aspect is like, you know, it's like if you're an athlete, it's like you want to surround the people who work out. You don't want to surround yourself with like a, let's just say a 350 pound person who all they do is just stay at home and whatever it is because you're right. more inclined to just hang out with them and just stay home. Right. But if you're having a crazy gym friend who every four days is, you know, like one of my roommates who works out every day and he's like, I'm going to keep you accountable every two days and a week to at least work out that I know of 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, then you're going to keep thinking about it. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. And it's like, it keeps you in what you want to do and you find the right crowd of the things that you're already doing. And it's like, there's so many crowds out there, so many groups. If, you're, if again, the art piece, I mean, going back to that, which is kind of easier to explain a bit, but I can probably explain it on everything. But as an artist, you go out to places where people are painting or either doing some clay work because all those people aren't aware of creating craft. So they're refining their craft and there's, they're not going to have judgment mm-hmm. because they're going to probably fuck up just as much as you do. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's your environment and then your your mind becomes more, I guess, tranquil. And then it's easier for you to then start getting more into that and then find happiness in those things that you were trying to get into. I like mm-hmm. that. That's interesting. That's interesting. And it makes sense because when I was doing stand-up, I started and then took on the way that I think about things. And I think the way that I think about things is always a self-defense mechanism because I'm super insecure. Yeah, like, same. Yep. Yeah. Like I'm so fucking terrified of anybody saying that I'm not good at something, especially when I give a fuck about it. Mm-hmm. So when I started doing stand-up, I never said that I was going to be a comedian. I never even thought about it. Of course you think about it in your own little brain. You're like, mm-hmm. dude, I'm a little fucking comedian, yeah. dude. But, like, if anybody told me I'm a comedian, I would self-defense and shrug it. I'd be like, no, dude, I'm just a dude. I'm just, like, I'm just out here, man. I'm First off, I'm a pothead, so fuck you for that, you know? Mm, yeah. Like, I always had to say, no, I'm not. Because then if an, the next person that came along or the next five, like, five, the next, like, like, the fifth person out of four, like, four people come up and say, hey, dude, you're a comedian. And then the fifth one goes, bro, you're not even funny. If I thought that I, if the whole time I was taking on, I'm a comedian, I'm a comedian, I'm a comedian, and then number five shits on me, I'm broken. But why? I, because I'm weak. Because I've always been weak. Because I was raised to be a pussy. It's always how I've been. So I've always just been like that. I'm strong. I know I'm strong. I do things for my own reasons and I don't give a fuck. But inside, I'm hurt. Like I'm very broken down by that fifth person, right? Mm hmm. So then moving forward, when that person, uh, I was doing stand-up pretty much every time with a guy named Ethan. We would go to every little open mic together. We would do everything together pretty much. I didn't do stand-up without this person around. And I just associated the task with the community that I was in, which was pretty much me and him. So we'd go to Lincoln. We'd do five minutes. We'd come back. We'd talk about it. 
We'd watch each other's videos. We'd say, wow, that was not good. Like I was bombing so bad, but we did it together. Mm-hmm. He moved to Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon after that, I was doing stand-up like once every four months. Mm-hmm. But then on the positive side, and that hurt. Like that was like, ouch. And I didn't see that until now. He moved away and I stopped. Mm-hmm. Fuck. <laughs> but then on the positive side, I started this shit. Yeah. And I'm more proud of this because I'm doing it myself. Nobody's hitting me up every week. I'm hitting them up every week. So one way or another, you did your comedy. You just found a different way to do it. A hundred percent. And there you go. And that's, that's essentially, that's the kind of like the formulation of the book and all that concept Mm -hmm. is that maybe that gymnastics part didn't work, but maybe it's like calisthenics is your thing. Yeah. And maybe you're better at the end than calisthenics. Yeah. It's just... You just have to keep continuing to go in. Maybe that first round, that fifth person, whatever it is, is just a motivator. And that's how I feel like you should th- see things as more as like that negative just becomes a motivator. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, cool. Like, whatever. I'm not yeah. good at your, in your taste. And it's like, then I'll find, like, you know, I'm finding my own taste and my own people. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that's what you're doing as a, com- you know, a comedian. Mm-hmm. You're finding your crowd. And it's like one shitty person. Okay. It's yeah. like, you know, you just got way more positive reinforcement than you got negative. Mm-hmm. So why dwindle on one negative thing? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and as soon as you leave that, it's like, that's in the past at that point. Mm-hmm. And why does it matter? And it's like, yeah. in the future, it's like, what are the next show? You can't control. You can't control the your crowd. You can't control what's going to happen. It's like, the only thing you can probably control is what you're going to say because you maybe wrote it down. But then it's like, at the end, it's like, it, it doesn't matter. So it's going back into the installment of being present. It's like, you're doing something beautiful for yourself then and in that moment. And it's like, you're happy because you found a passion for it. So then why not keep appreciating what you're doing then and just doing it for yourself instead of, you know, so much focus on what's going to happen after or before, because you won't know until you try it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, whether it messes up one time, so like keep trying it. And if not, find a different source. Mm-hmm. Just simply, it's just, that you know and mm-hmm. for me whatever i was doing was not and so i found a different source i found a different outlet mm-hmm. and here we are now you yeah know what I mean? yeah mm-hmm. what do you suck at a lot of things bro like <laughs> i'm a very same i'm good at about three things man i feel like sometimes i suck at relating emotion as much as i need to you know? relating what emotion and okay. it's like my emotion. Um, sometimes in my head, I used to like construct an idea that my pain was way be- worse than others in a way. And then I realized that it's not like that. But I mean, I don't know. I guess in general, I like, it's hard to say like I put myself and label things I suck at because I, c- I could just say like everything. Right. You know, but take the easy way out. Yeah. But I don't know. Like what I suck at is sometimes I'll tell you what I was, I was shitty at and I was able to catch up on in a sense. Okay. And I'm working on in a way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it's like realizations. Um, communication is not always key. Uh, comprehension sometimes is a better outlet to things um i don't have to always stress about the unknown anxiety is something that we all face and 
depression is something that we all face together too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not alone in my journeys. Um, I sometimes suck. I'm very insecure about my body. Mm-hmm. I'm very insecure about going out with people sometimes or going out in public settings. Mm-hmm. I overthink that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, all the minuscule things, anything that you probably anyone keeps in the back of their head. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I, I suck at, but yeah. I always try to do better. And that's where I'm at now is like with everything that I might be shitty at, maybe that I did not do well, I'm just going to keep trying to do better. Mm-hmm. Is It's like even... I guess this broken thing with that relationship. And it's like, did I see a word of narcissism come into it? Mm-hmm. And it's like, did I ever see myself as that? Or did I ever fathom myself to become that? And I'm like, if someone else can idealize it, then there was one way that I was doing something subconsciously that I isn't okay. And that's, I guess, going into therapy in a way where, like, your bat, your background and your young childhood and stuff affects you. And then... But it's like, I guess now more than ever, I'm trying to take a step back and be more open-minded in every situation. Mm-hmm. And sometimes where that, like, think before you speak when they were telling you as a little kid, mm-hmm. it comes into a very good advice now. Because even, like, the first thing that comes into your head sometimes is not the best thing you should say. So it's like in a relationship too, uh, friendship, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes that people doesn't need you to opinion or try to help them. They just need an ear. So maybe yeah. just be more vocal. And just be like, do you need this? Do you need that? Do you need an ear? Do you need someone to conversate with you? Or what do you need right now? Yeah. You know, or, you know, I am fucking up right now. What what can I do better? Or, you know, if you get in a rage, you know, take a deep breath. And be like, why are we fighting over this? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like finding more general grounding on things. Um, but it's not easy. And... I live in my own little storm every day and as calm and collected and as nice I can perceive myself as understanding things, Mm -hmm. it's like I'm still on this slow journey up and it's just like looking up in a mountain. It looks so fucking far away. Mm -hmm. But the more I progress, I look back and the more that back looks further away than it does the top. Mm -hmm. So it's just keep chugging along and hopefully we'll get to the top. And once I get to the top, realize that there really is no top. And you just keep going. Right. Because it's like your goals, you can have goals, bro. You can do all that thing and you can set these standards. But once you reach your standards, then you're like, now what? And that's what people get is once they get to that part, they're lost because they've reached what they thought they were going to. Yeah. And it's like you should never do that. You should keep climbing because there's never a perfect version of yourself and there's never a perfect time. Yeah. I like that comprehension sometimes is more important than communication. Mm-hmm. Somebody will say something, just look back at them, understand it. Oh, okay, that's interesting. What else? Tell me more. Tell me more. Exactly. Let them I'm, talk. I'm, I'm here for you. I'm hearing you. I'm listening. You just shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. You don't need to tell them, oh, well, you should probably do this. I hate that when uh, when I'm somewhere doing something or... And I'll just say something off the fly, like, I don't know, something stupid that I just thought was, like, funny in the moment. Like, oh, it took me 30 minutes to scrape my windshield this morning. Yeah. And some person who I, just some person that's there. Oh, you should get a heated scraper. It's so much better. And then they go on and tell you about it. 
Okay. Did I ask you what you think I should do? I was simply saying something. What did I want you to do? I honestly want you to do whatever you do. But when somebody comes at me like that, they don't come at me, but they bring that type of energy where they think that they can just kind of tell you something. Mm -hmm. I get really upset about it. And uh, I think that's where I suck at telling them what I maybe sometimes telling people how I actually feel because I'll listen to them for an hour and a half and I don't care about it. I don't know how to handle that. I don't know how to talk to them and just be like, hey, bitch, fucking, I didn't want you to tell me that I should get a heated scraper, so suck my ass. I'm going to keep scraping it with a ID card. You know? Yeah. You can't do that to somebody, but I don't know how to do, I don't know how to, like, shrug that situation. I think there's a lot of ways you can do it. You can have, like, a spin move mentality where you just go, oh, yeah, probably, gotta go, or something. Or you just stand there and listen to them talk about a heated scraper for an hour and a half. And then at the end of the conversation, you just go, well, there was an hour and a half of my day. Or you can listen to them and look them in the eyes and then understand that nobody else listens to them. And maybe they just need, they're constantly searching for someone to listen to them. So even though you might be trying to be selfish in that moment, they need somebody to listen to them talk about anything. Because nobody else does. Sometimes that that situation ends sooner than you think just because you're looking at them in the eye and you're listening. Mm-hmm. But, dude, I suck at uh, I suck at taking orders. I suck at if somebody tells me something and I don't think I need to do it. I suck at just eating it, doing it. Mm-hmm. I got fired from one job because I couldn't I couldn't take the orders. Uh. I've been there two days and this lady was trying to tell me that the certain order of the way she puts things is right. And that's what she needs done. So I was at, I was at this job and it was like a fertile or a a soil testing place Mm -hmm. here in Kearney. And we're pretty much taking dirt and putting them into little scoops, right? Yeah. You do it over and over and over again. Soon you've got like a whole panel of little scoops of dirt and you need to put water in them and you need to put it in this thing that spins them. And, you know, it tests it for like, okay, for the farmers to say like, is this good to put corn in or is this good to put beans in or is this not good at all to plant anything in? Yeah. Stuff like that. And uh, the way that I was doing it was totally different than what the lady that had been doing it for forever was had been doing it. So she comes over to me and she's like, okay, you have all of your vials on the cart wrong. You need to do it this way. And I just fought her about it. I was like, no, I don't think that matters because later I'm going to move them and it doesn't matter to my, to like to this day, I'm still right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. I still don't see what she was talking about and I'm doing a really shitty job at explaining. So you're probably just like, what the fuck? I don't know what he's talking about, but you're basically hanging on. Right. Yeah. So like to this day, I still see the cart there that she's saying, you have to put everything this way. And then I'm seeing the second cart and going, I'm going to move it later. Why does this matter? So I'm still right. But I fought her about it and she fired me. Interesting. I've, yeah. I've gotten better at just listening and doing it because it's not worth the argument. But I still have a big, like, I, I suck at taking orders, man. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at it. I guess from my experience in those situations, 
because I started off and well, I mean I'm in the same job I've been now for five years mm-hmm. uh, but I started off from like the ground dirt now in management thankfully mm-hmm. but what I realize is it's like you follow the system at first and then you, if you start changing the system but the end results are the same um, sometimes the message becomes a lot more clear without having to say anything mm-hmm. and it's like at first it's like they're showing you because in their eyes I feel like it's like this is right, this is going to go right, this is going to go efficient, there's not going to be mistakes. So it's like, as long as you can follow that for the right path, get them comfortable with you, and then it's like, if you start changing things, but the end result, you know, as I said, is the same. It's easier for them to become more open-minded. It's, it's like coming in for yourself, if you were to be in that. It's like, do you want them to do it a different way, that can end to be a fuck-up, or do you want them to do it the way you're teaching them so you know it's going to be good? You know what I mean? And that's like, for me in management, the first, my whole job is retention. It's like I'm an employee retention program coordinator. So my job is getting the employee trained from day one till 30 days in until they're good to get released by themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I teach them a certain way, but I can't expect them to do it the certain way the whole time. Mm -hmm. It's like eventually they'll get better at that one job than I am because they're now used to it. And it's like, even if I was doing it forever, something might have changed, like one little tweak, a little step, or whatever it is that they've adapted to. So it's easier for me to be like, okay, so they understand that a lot better. So let me just, they're still finishing it. The results are good. Let me just have them keep doing what they're doing and I'll just give them little pointers on here and there to master their craft in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's been successful. I've been... And my job has been successful as in I've been more of a person where people feel more comfortable in coming to share their thoughts or maybe something else. But it's like it, it took me from that ground zero to humble myself in a way and put myself in the mentality of like, I'm a learner here. I'm always a learner. And it's yeah. like until I'm comfortable a little bit and want to open up my wings a bit, then I will. And that's what I did at first. And then I went from there to what's known as chemical handling, which, well, the chemical disbursement. And so I was in charge of dispersing all the chemicals that we did. So I was able to learn that in about a week, which it doesn't, it's not easy. It's like, it's probably, I want to say over 50 or 80 gallons that you have to disperse in about 20 to 30 different areas, all labeled with different colors and on different measurements and so on. But it's like, I listened to the guy at first, and then I found my own rhythm. And then after that, someone else came by, noticed that I was I had potential because I was figuring out different solutions mm-hmm. in simpler ways. And then they're like, you know what? Let's try him out for the ERP coordinator. And tried me out. I came up with the training manual that made things so much easier. And then one of the bosses came from my corporate, and he's like, why aren't these being established in our plants? So now they have, while they didn't follow the same plan, they did make a manual. They did it online now version. But essentially, it's like it was accredited to because of my little manual that I made for my little employees that super simple and stuff, but it was just made my life easier. And then it, in return, I was going to make theirs made an impact in a sense. And I never tried to reach it out. You know, I was as humble as I could because it was just nothing I was like trying to broadcast. But it's like it just made things a little more efficient. And then... You know, here we are now, five years later, where I've gotten quite a few, thankfully, like job opportunities and job offers from different companies from different places that worked with us. 
they're trying to compete with us in a sense. So rival companies, I have, I can move on corporate side on this place, you know, and where I'm going in my career, I've gotten quite a few now job offers in a, in a sense to just being able to humble myself and just being able to do even the dirt work. Cause like even in an internship, I was, my whole thing is not doing scrub work, but at the same time it is. And so I was cleaning out a abandoned building in hot ass weather, sweating and everything, you know, like it was uncomfortable, but I kept a smile on my face and they loved it. And to this day, they're like, we just need more people like you. You set the standards for interns, like all this jibby jamma, like good stuff about me and all this. And I'm like, I was just doing and following orders and having a positive attitude at the end of the day. Three mm-hmm. simple keys, you know, and humbling myself to just listen to what they say and never being like, fuck this, man. Like, well, let me do this a different way. Or this way is easier. Or, let me just jump in the car and move this stuff like that's easier. Let me just do it the hard way because they know that you're willing to take the extra steps. And so if you're willing to take the extra steps, even in the smallest things, then you're bound to something greater. You know, you can lead because you understand to get to the lowest points of everybody else. And I think Mm -hmm. that's, I guess, the way I view things and have I been able to now perceive things as even management and through guidance of a very wise man who's my stepdad now who sees things. And this is one of my key, I think, takeaways, if you can, is there's always three sides to every version of every story. And there's your side, there's my side, and then there's the truth. Mm-hmm. And if you always look at anything in that way, there's always three versions to it, then you're a lot more aware of things. You're a lot more aware of bullshit. You're a lot aware of people who are honest and positive. And you're just more aware of yourself as well. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Somebody who can understand those three things, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to be better at things. You're just going to be a better person to hang around. You're going to be a better person for growth. Nobody that sees only their way goes, like, to the tippy top. They get stuck at some level because they can't understand more than what their eyes can see or what their heart can feel. And that's okay. And that's okay. Exactly. Some people, not everybody's meant to go to the top. Um, You know... But you'll yeah, find no. the top to your own craft, to what you're bound to do. It's like yeah. you're always going to get to the top, but you just have to have the passion for what you're doing. So it's like it's not you'll never get to the top. It's you just have to find your top and the one that fits best for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's not a shitty thing to say either because there's so many different personality types that like someone else's top is 50 levels below somebody else's. Exactly. But they did the best they possibly could. But those 50 levels below is someone else's top. Exactly. Yeah. Like that like yeah, they reached their full potential. Exactly. At manager at Walmart, but they're doing the best that they can possibly do and they're doing like good. Mm-hmm. But they're obviously not the CEO of Walmart. So is this person's life shittier than the CEO's? No. And then if you think about it too, it's like why do you think some of those people also are always cranky and stuff? It's because of the way we perceive them as people. As it's yeah. like it's just a manager at Walmart, but right. they're not. No, you know, it's like you're not just you a don't know what they garbage do, man. Yeah, you're not just this. Like without those things, we don't have our life going as it is. So it's like be thankful, just be appreciative of what they're doing and what it took to get there. Because 
we're all like we all go through shit whether it be the same or different we all go through tough shit mm -hmm. so we're all linked into pain and suffering we're all gonna lead, like feel the same emotions so why separate those emotions and make them almost into something foreign in a way and it's like almost like if it's like again classifying it as if it wasn't the gender race thing whatever it is like that it's like you're just classifying something so minuscule when it's like the end result is so much more beautiful and who that person is or what that person means is so much more valuable than what you're receiving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that, dude. Emerson, you're a deep dude, you know? Yeah. Um, someone called me a lover boy the other day. Lover yeah. boy? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know what that means, but I mean, I guess, cool. Would you yeah. say you you romanticize situations? Um, I guess you could probably say that. I, but at the same time, like, what would you say that you do? Me, I just try to make things comfortable. I just try to bring things, make things as homey as possible. I guess you know. I just I like the comfortability, and I don't want ever in my space or when they I come to anyone's space, I don't want to feel weird in a sense or have that urge that I can't extend my arms peacefully. So I try to bring my nature to be that way. My voice, I mean, naturally is a little lower. So mm -hmm. too, that's also more subtle for people. Um, but I also like to smile, which that also helps a lot, but yeah, no. Um, like if you go to the coffee shop and you get a smile from a girl, do you romanticize about that for three days until you go back to the coffee shop and you're looking for three hours before you go in? You're like, oh shit, bro. So I'm gonna shave. I'm gonna I'm gonna put on this. And then you're gonna take that off. And then you're like, oh no, I don't want to wear that. I want to wear this. And then you get there and you're like, Ooh, I hope she's there. And then she's there. And then the whole time you're freaking the fuck out about it. Like that's what I mean by romanticize oh, because yeah. I have a hundred percent done that, dude. I mean, you flirt with a girl and you didn't even mean to, <laughs> and then you fucking think about it for a year. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you know? I think that's natural. I think it's uh, a hundred percent natural. Like you, you putting into, especially as an overthinker, as I am myself, you, think yeah. you put so many scenarios into your head. Oh yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a smile. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you can't really do much. <laughs> It's like the, the, I think in, in this and there, I guess now what I would do now that's different before if someone smiled and continuously smiled then or if I would come the next day and they would be there and a second smile approached, then I would have to go and approach and at least say hello and introduce myself as simple yeah. as that. Because like, yeah. I don't know, that'll make a marking in itself. At least yeah. it was, I said hello, my name, I know who they are. Hi. And next thing I know, I might even have a friend. You know what I mean? Next thing I know, they'll come and just sit with me the third day or whatever. Yeah. And then that's how sometimes, you know, friendships or relations are naturally made is not overdoing it, but just comfortably doing it and just being natural. You know? And yeah. yeah, but yeah, I definitely do have those ideas. Of course, you know, uh, pretty girls and everything. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, They're trying to get the tip, and you're like, she wants the dick, <laughs> dude. <laughs> pretty much. I'm going to propose to her, man. We we love. We're all dirty dogs at the end of the day. Dude, it's... But I don't know how else to be. <laughs> yeah, just be good people. I try, bro. <laughs> I like the thing. I mean, I've been single for a long time. 
I like to think I have more like girlfriends than I do like random, not random, but like I'm definitely more casual with like girls than I am like thinking about like, oh, dude, we talk every time. Like I should hit her up. See, you know, just not just leave it. I sometimes I think about it and I'm like, man, I should hit her up. You know, what would she say? And then I get so scared that I'm like, nah, fuck it. And I also know where I'm at right now in mm-hmm. life too. Things just I'm I'm working all the time. Um I do this and I also am trying to figure out who I am. So it's like I don't if I'm not a hundred percent about like not her answer, because you never know what a girl's gonna say. She could say fuck off. Mm-hmm. She could literally be in love with you and you wouldn't know you yeah. know what i'm saying like yeah. who, who i don't yeah. know you know i'm not that good at it of course yeah but like when it comes to like at least knowing for myself like if i feel 100 percent about liking her if i'm like well it's 99 is it 100 no okay then i'm just gonna fucking say what's up every time i get coffee and never ask her for her snapchat ever because it's not 100 percent. that's how i have found myself to be more content i think instead mm. of instead of not being able to go back to the coffee shop again because i fucking asked for a snapchat and she said fuck off or she's like oh i got a boyfriend yeah you know man for me though let me tell you it's a similar in, in situation so there's uh-huh. a there's this girl that i met at a bar mm-hmm. and essentially like met them just friendly conversation uh same major as i was essentially and so then i was like cool so then i went through again like second third time another conversation here and there for me not thinking anything weirdly i was just like you know what in case she needs a contact in this field and i know it's limited i'll give her my number and my name so i did simple as that came back that i have i got hit hit up by her no but I, <laughs> I went. Okay, Your face. Yeah, but that was listen, funny. Yeah, <laughs> but I went back. Okay, so I've gone back and I've seen her. And yeah, ever it was like a month gap that I haven't gone. So then this new okay. whatever me, whatever it is like that, went there too. Feel that. So I was just whatever casually, and then at the very end, uh, um, just so happens the conversation came up again, and I was like, okay, it's like, and I said her name and all that, and I was like, it's yeah. She's like, I was like, do you remember me? She's like, yeah, you're the. And then she said my major and so on. And mm-hmm. she, and I was like, yeah, it's me. She's like, something changed. You got a haircut. I was like, actually, it's like I, I got a haircut. You know, I got my beard take. Oh, my beard braces taken away. I grew a beard. She's like, so, yeah, a few things happened. And then she was like, wow, like left surprised, smiled. And I just walked away, left it at that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the mystery, too, and just the thing, whether it be romantic or just friendship wise, sometimes it for me is what makes me kind of happy in a way because like no matter what like they're gonna think of you and you they just know like you're a genuine person and so yeah. whether you they rejected you or not at least for the male community and speaking now it's finally getting to i guess for it's hard but it's like women to understand too that we're not all dicks and we do all have hearts too and at the same time like it really is just sometimes to just get to know somebody you know, and so it's like if I can do that here and there, then maybe the next person they encounter, it that helps it spark it. You know what I mean? Maybe uh, I was a help to guide this a different journey or whatever it is. 
Yeah. You know? So I just, I don't like to put too much limitations on those things anymore. Yeah. Because I'm like, you never know what could happen. At the same time, that could end up me getting her Snapchat and me talking to her and end up marrying her or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, right. it's like, it's that thing, you're uh, fearful of the future and you're fearful of what the past happened. It's like, yeah. let's just live in the present. Yeah. Because I know dudes that like everywhere they go, they're just like spitting games. They're, they're just trying, trying to, there's constantly. No reason for it. There's no reason for it. And it leaves a bad intention for us. So if you I, simply, I think it looks bad on, mm-hmm. on the males when you're constantly trying to grab at anything in your reach. I go to bars not into intent to find somebody. I go to the bars to spend some time with my friends. And then if someone to come up and have a conversation with me, then cool. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Do I have to force myself to go up? If I see someone who like, I'm like, sure, I'll have a conversation with them. But yeah, I'm not, my final intent never is to bring someone home. And that's the thing. It's like, I think males, when they go to bars, a lot of them, their first intent is like, I'm bringing someone home. I'm bagging somebody. Mm -hmm. It's like, dude, just get to know somebody first. Sometimes like it's not, yes, you can. And, but at the same time, it's like the female will also let you know if it's just want to be a one day thing too. Like Mm -hmm. we're we're all humans, bro. We all have the same thoughts. We're just as horny as females are as Mm -hmm. horny, if not hornier, like, Mm-hmm. We all have some ke- same chemicals, different mm-hmm. levels, like all that shit. So it's like if we just understand we're all the same people and it's like eventually if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If things are natural, then it's just so much easier and having a pe- more peace of mind instead of every week and go out, go out, go out or every week, go out, go drink, go drink, go drink. Dude, mm-hmm. like take a break. It's like is your fucking those hundred dollars you're spending at the bars, buy yourself a book or something, buy yourself some right. different outfit or something right. that smell makes you smell better or yeah. that keep yourself more hygienic or something focus on yourself a little bit and then it's like once you're feeling good smelling good doing all that stuff go back you never know how much that little change or whatever is going to bring a different outcome so it's like just take a break sometimes and then mm-hmm. retackle and do it differently if it's not working the first few times and do something different mm-hmm. as simply as that Tackle a different situation, different route. Yeah. You know, it's like these Tinder apps and all this crap like that. You go out there to get these hookups and at the end. But if you go out there and just think about it as like you get friends and then eventually someone will swipe up and then, or maybe, um, you know, a, a Hail Mary swipes over or whatever and you mm-hmm. just have a conversation with them, mm-hmm. you might end up having the best conversations, the deepest, the most mm-hmm. connection, biggest connections you've ever experienced through something as mm-hmm. simple as, just trying to get a hookup, mm-hmm. you know. It's just like you have to find different ways to perceive things, I guess. And I mean, that's how I'm taking things. And I guess I I started with that app, and now I've I put it aside. Now I'm more what of, Tinder? Yeah, now like dating apps. I never the only one I got into was Tinder, but I tried them all. Yeah, dude, I I put it aside. I don't have one now. I just decided it's like let's just, it's just best for me and my my mental health too because it's like it also affects it's the way you perceive yourself too sometimes and oh yeah dude yeah, so it's just better that I'm just letting the world take its natural course yeah. if my relations are supposed to be mean meant then there are if not right and it is what it is right it is what it if is anything I got the homies dude exactly it's like your friends and all that always be around bro and it's crazy how much especially now. How much more I've connected with everybody that I used to have before. Right. You lose the girl. Yeah. You start to say, man, bro, I haven't seen this motherfucker in like mm-hmm. two years. Mm-hmm. That's the one that hurts the most. Yeah. But all it, those memories of the bros come back and you're like, fuck, dude. 
It's more beautiful though when you can reconnect with them and it's natural. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's like nothing happened. And those it's like more than ever you understand like those people are gonna be around forever. Yeah. And so sometimes like yes, the girl might have uh but she sometimes also lets you understand a bigger message meaning to it. Mm -hmm. So it's like as much as she broke my heart and all this stuff, I'm really thankful for the messages and everything that came with her and the ones I could share with her. Yeah. And as we keep continuing, whether it happens or not, then at least we had a journey that was able to help us grow. And I think that's like the best way I think you can probably look in a, at a heartbreak or a relationship thing. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's going to hurt. Like I, I cried. I mean, that's shit. I'll admit it. I don't give, I don't care. Like oh, that's it real. Yeah. It's, it's a hurt. And you know, sometimes shit sparks up still now and, yeah, I still miss her and all that, but yeah, it's going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Life goes on, mm-hmm. and it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing is you'll be okay. It's going to be okay. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a girl. I think if I can quote it, it's just it's just being okay. Like, I'm good. You're okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's as simple as that. It's like, but don't, hey, do that, that whole, like, also fuck the girls, too. I do see it, <laughs> yes, but at the same time, it's like, it's okay. It's like, they're as broken as we are, and they're just different, and it's too much a, has happened. Yeah, yeah. The world has messed us up, really. Oh, it's fucking hard, man. I mean, I look at all these people on TikTok. You know, you go on TikTok, and you see these girls. I find the ones that have, like, the... There's like a bunch of pictures mm-hmm. to be I, like, that's the most insight I can get into their life because there's some pictures where they think they look really good and they take a picture in the mirror. And then there's like a meme of like a curled up ball, like a person in a corner. And, yeah. but there's like a bunch of the slides and that's when I kind of feel like I get a small insight into this person I'm never going to meet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because, and then I, because I relate to it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I also feel like I'm a bad bitch. Can't nobody tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you know, the next slide over is like, I just want somebody to tell me they like <laughs> like me around or, you know, like I'm down to find somebody that loves me for forever or like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the stupid little slides are. Yeah. But like, I think I relate to those like more because I'm like, oh, dude, we're all on like this weird, crazy spectrum of like. We don't know who we are. We don't know what we're doing. We're all just trying to, like, figure this out. Like, you go one day, I'm a king, this and that. Yeah, you're slaying right. this day. And the other day, you're like, God damn. Like, I woke up at sucks. two today. Yeah, today sucks. I wish I was with somebody. Like, I wish I was cuddled or something. It's, yeah, it's snuggle weather, whatever it is like that. Yeah. It definitely is. And that's why, like, too, like, as much as I like TikTok and social media, yeah. the one thing I don't like is sometimes in two and a lot of the times I've seen in my feeds, it's like the females are very empowering like fuck this fuck the man they're like little men or little boys or blah 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 this and that and it's like men are just like you know let's just grow let's just whatever gym workout and it's like it's the labeling aspect of that is i don't like it yeah and it's just like it's unfair but i I get it's their own that's how they heal you know it's a different kind of healing than we do (laughs) it's very hateful yeah it's very hateful i do feel a lot of hate (laughs) sent towards men when i go on tiktok and i find women yeah i think you know are more feeling emotional like verbal men are physical feelers like they feel more their bodies like yeah i couldn't eat for some bit type stuff like Right. Things like that. Like, yeah. I was like, what the heck is happening to me right now? Yeah. And 
and, and then the feelings, yeah, I would like get emotional here and there, but it wasn't like a oh, whole week of me just bed burden. It was like, right. You're not putting out those stories not, that are all like sad and shit. Just my, like my stomach would just be weird. My head would be just weird. And like, I yeah. have no sexual drive, like, yeah. you know, all that things, all those small things. I was like, what the heck is happening? But it's like, it's just, I'm feeling because it's real. I'm in pain. I'm in pain, bro. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. The other day, that's funny you say that because the other day, it wasn't because a girl or anything. I haven't really been talking to anybody for a fat minute now. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, like, I just noticed, literally, I was walking down the hallway and I had like five thoughts hit me all at once. They were like, yo, I should go to the bar. Yo, I should stay home. Yo, I should get mushrooms. Yo, I should fucking <laughs> take a shower. Yo, I should eat something. Yeah. And I realized like in in the last second, I was like, dude, I'm extremely vulnerable right now. Mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of feelings going on and I don't really know why. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to go to sleep. And it, I hadn't been up for a long time. I'm tearing up about it, thinking about it because it was like a beautiful moment for me. Yeah, no, dude. I was like super happy that I like was literally just present right there. I was just like, dude, like if a girl hit me up right now, no matter who she was, I'd probably do whatever she wanted to. Mm-hmm. I'm super vulnerable. Or if one of my friends was like, Hey Josh, let's smoke weed. Mm-hmm. I would say fuck probation and I'd probably do it. And it's hard to see moments like that because we're constantly doing something. Mm-hmm. I'm watching TV. I have my phone on my laptops next to me. The cats right here. If somebody was here, I'd be concerned about what they're doing or trying to listen to them or focus on something. And I had like an hour to myself after work one night and I was, uh, I finally just like let it happen. I was just like, dude, I'm super vulnerable right now. And I laid down and I started crying and I was like, why though? What's going on? Like what, what's up, dude? You're being present, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... I ha- I didn't even come to a conclusion. I just came to the conclusion that I feel some type of way. Yeah. And I need to just calm down. Yeah. So I just went to sleep. I just like turned everything off. I sat in the dark room and then 10 minutes later and I was asleep. And I woke up and I was like, I think I'm okay now. <laughs> Dude, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for doing that, especially getting to that. And it, it comes back to that, like where I was saying those small little trophies. That right there was a big trophy, like not a small one for you. It felt like it. Yeah, exactly. Because usually when I get like all angsty, mm-hmm. then I do something mm-hmm. instead of stop. Mm-hmm. So it's like that, that is huge. And I don't know, like, I can't even fathom into words, like, but that is, I don't know, like it's a rewarding feeling as even as a friend and understanding everything to you too. It's like, that's Thanks, big. man. Yeah, man. But don't like ever take anything small. For granted and that is huge and keep dwindling on that thought because that is a big realization whether you might realize it now or later it might help you so yeah yeah i think definitely i mean i'm like technically in recovery right mm-hmm. from all the years of like drinking and every- doing coke and smoking every day still miss smoking but like from the coke and alcohol especially i'm like in recovery technically right like yeah what what a professional would call it. Yeah. Right? As you would say, yeah. They, definitely. You know, I'm in recovery. Uh-huh. And so, you know, like going, 
I don't know. I've just always been the type of person that whenever I did feel angsty, I would do something, whether it would be call someone or go for a run or go work out. I'd do something to chase dopamine. Like I would, I would smoke until I didn't feel anything anymore. And then I just like felt the thing that was going on and it was, it was just like vulnerable. And so, yeah, I appreciate you, man. Like I appreciate you saying that's a big deal because <laughs> it is like, it was like, it's a big deal too. Like, yeah. Like it was like, yeah, I just, I just, I haven't even talked about it with anybody, but it, it really just felt like I wanted to go like just fuck off and stop caring. And like, I couldn't take myself right there. And I don't know if what I did was the right thing to do. I think it was because I think the right thing to do was do nothing. Cause I always try to offset how I feel. If I feel this way, I do this to make me feel better. Or, you know, if I'm tired, then I drink coffee to wake myself up. Or if I'm too energized then I need to hit something to like go to sleep, you know? And so I was just feeling everything. And I was just like, I just need to go to sleep. I think that was like the beginning of like trying to just kind of like deal with myself. Maybe I should have meditated. Maybe I should have just sat down and like did some breathing. Maybe I should have tried to read something, but my brain was all over the place. Like it was like a mini panic attack, but not because I wasn't freaking out, but I was a little bit freaking out. I don't know. I've never really noticed myself have panic attacks, but after that, now I'm going to like gauge the next time because I'm going to go, Oh dude, am I like freaking out about something right now? Like, what is this? Am I having a panic attack? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I don't know. When do you notice yourself trying to offset your feelings? Like if you're tired, you need to wake up. Or if you're, or if you're, you feel yourself having too much energy, do you do something to offset the energy? Make yourself like mm. more, less energetic or something. Yeah, um, I've been getting those a lot lately, especially like um, the energetic feelings. Um, it's like a dopamine rush almost in a way. Uh, I find little, I guess, little tasks, whether it be like, I guess, doing push-ups. Uh, I've been trying. So my new thing is I'm trying to get into calisthenics. And so whether it's start from doing uh, handstands on the wall to doing these like called like they're in a way like cat crawls and things like that. Um, I'll just like flip open or flip up on the, on the wall and I'll just stay there for a little bit. Just let the blood rush a little bit, you know, do something that lets my blood rush a little bit, whether it be like that, you know, quick pushups or something and, uh, just breathe a little bit. Um, which was that next thing I wanted to ask you too, but I'll go back onto this too. How do you, or what do you, picture the idea of meditation what it is what would you say meditating is Mm. so i mean i was raised a pastor's kid went away from it for a long time did drugs hung out all that stuff and i just totally i had one day where i was doing lsd and uh, I just took too much, right? I like technically overdosed for myself, even though I didn't need to go to the hospital or anything. I just definitely freaked out for like four hours. You know, I just couldn't handle what was going on. There was flowers growing out of the floor and there was weird stuff going on with the popcorn ceiling. And I watched snow for entirely too long. 
and I ignored my friend that was there for like two hours and I was just like in my own little bubble and then I noticed what I was doing because my friend finally snapped me out of it. He was like, hey man, you're not you're not talking to me. Like I'm super worried. I'm freaking out. And so I I called our other friend over. He came and brought all bunch of weed and I smoked it and I didn't feel anything in my throat. So I smoked more and then I felt it all at once. I started coughing, started throwing up and I went to the bathroom in the old apartment. I'm standing above the toilet and I'm just throwing up, but nothing's like coming up anymore because I've thrown it all up. So I'm starting to like throw up a little bit of blood and I'm freaking out. So I start to like pass out and I remember going black and then I feel some hands grab my ribs and move me to the sink. And I wake up kind of like leaning on the sink and I'm like looking at myself and I'm not high anymore. And I'm just like, okay, that was fucked up. That, I didn't like that, man. I'm, I'm normal now, basically. I'm going to come down from this. and This is going to suck for about eight hours. And I'm going to rethink what I'm doing. And... Uh, I went back in the living room and I was like, Hey guys, thanks for like moving me to, uh, you know, thanks for not letting me fall into the toilet. Cause I was, you know, blacking out. They were like, dude, you've been in there for 30 minutes alone. Okay, cool. I'm gonna go into my room, went into my room for five hours and I talked to God, bro. Like I've always had prayers that I've said, that people have showed me throughout my life that and I thought I had God moments and God experiences but that was like the first one that's where my like testimony starts that's where like you know I basically gave my life over to him that's when I was like reborn because for the next five hours I just I just talked to him in my brain I was like God like what what do you think I'm like I, you know, you never hear a voice, but mm. you do because it's you and God, yeah. right? Like it's you and your consciousness. Your consciousness is God. So for me, meditation is that. Hey, God, how you doing today? It's quiet, but you might get something back, you know? Yeah. So for me, meditating is praying, but just kind of like saying things like, hey, I'm thankful for, uh, you know, like food that i have like thanks for thanks for doing everything you do for me and you know sorry for being like ungrateful sometimes and just talking to him about anything that i feel i want to talk to him about if i have some sort of resentment going on i'm like god i don't like how this is going like why is this going this way show me what the reasoning is behind this maybe not today maybe not this year but like help me to understand why i don't like this right now and that's my meditation that's meditating for me and i do that sometimes in the dark sometimes silently sometimes driving sometimes working out you can do it anywhere you feel the urge but yeah that's what meditating is for me I answer things so long-winded sometimes. It's okay. That could have been way easier. Nah, dude. It's actually perfect. And the the reason why it's... The reason why I asked you that is because a lot of people think that meditating is like, you know, sometimes sitting down just going, hmm, hum, and whatever it is, or finding something, I don't know, what yoga, yogis would do, whatever it is like that, mm-hmm. but... 
what I realized too, especially too, and sometimes even reading in some of these books is meditation is, is your own thing. There's not a right or wrong way of doing oh. meditating. And yeah. it's like that idea of being present is the whole conceptualization of what meditating is. Mm-hmm. Is it's like that moment that you have with God, whether it be that, or for me, sometimes like I'll click my fingers in rhythmic patterns and I'll do that for a while. And when I stray, stray away from that, my rhythmic pattern starts getting broken. And so I have to go back into that. I have to think about it. So I regain my present moment. And so in that way, like whether it be 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes pass by doing that or something else like just breathing or whether it be just wiggling my toes or something like that, just in that moment, mm-hmm. that is the meditation and aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you start realizing you can do it more and more and if you if you're able to ground yourself more, then it's like when you start mastering what meditation is. And it's like the really cool story that I have in meditating and being able to do that is I had a professor and I had a lot of people had this professor. He was like a psychology professor here at U, um, at the university, essentially. And um, he went through a hip replacement surgery without anesthesia. So, like, he he got pumped with anesthesia, it wore off, and they pumped him as much as they could, and the anesthesiologist said, like, if we pump you with more, you're going to die. You're going to die. Yeah, and so he said, well, just continue the surgery then. And so he's been meditating for fucking years, and he's, like, a black belt in a lot of things and stuff. So he understands where, like, that, that separating the mind and coming into that presence and all those big things. It's like cold water that separation, everybody thinks that cold water is the benefit, but it's that moment when you step away and you regain the heat, when you're able to gain yourself. It's like that's the the improvement. But in this surgery, he essentially, the whole clanging, the sawing, everything, he, was, he felt it. Like he felt it, but he showed no emotion. And he went through the whole surgery without anesthesia. And it's like he did it. He told us, he's like, the way I did it is by breathing. It's like by meditating. And I was like, that's insane. Cause this is like, it's like no bullshit. Like this guy did this. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's insane to me that your mind, you know, it's like, and we all fathom our minds to such small capabilities. But if you hear about even like the David Goggins, he calloused his mind. Mm-hmm. It's like, he made himself, he, he ran over 80 miles on two broken freaking ankles dude mm-hmm. like yeah it takes a special kind of breed of people to do that with broken freaking ankles oh yeah. yeah and it's like he ran the whole 115 to 30 miles and like 30 to 24 hours less than 24 hours like the dude is unstoppable but his mm-hmm. it's because his mind his mind is is that calloused it's that prepared it's that meditated whatever where he can gain himself talk to himself whatever it is to gain his composure bring himself into that moment and get the shit done essentially Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's like the mind is a very powerful tool meditating helps getting to that but it's also being present and understanding that what you're feeling is real and it's like Mm -hmm. understanding what you're feeling is something and don't drive into those impulses Mm -hmm. it's like that journey of you doing that the next time it really will be a, a big clarity and for me the judgment comes in your decision time mm-hmm. it's what you do at the end 
And it's like, when I say it's like meditating, if that's what it is, and maybe next time that's what you need is that 10 minutes of meditation. Maybe those those little 10 minutes of still time was that meditation you needed to then someone take control, God take control to put you to sleep and be like, mm-hmm. you need to just shut your mind for a little bit and that's going to be your recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, breathing was a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. started to notice my heart rate was like pretty high, yes. you know. I've had a high heart rate lots of times in my life whether it was running or fucking doing drugs but i just noticed it was pretty high i was just like dude i gotta like get a control of my breathing definitely sounds like a kind of like an anxiety panic attack in a way right it's like yeah i've never had one before yeah. this, or if i had i just shrugged it off they're horrible but they're very unpredictable i had one my first relationship and randomly i was just getting accused of everywhere i went i went to a basketball game and i was getting called out because i was there but that sparked my uncontrollable breathing to a point where I felt like I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. Like my heart rate was up. Like I was, it was bad. Like in a sense, mm-hmm. it, it was scary. But then now that I look back to it, it's just like I was really feeling a lot of emotions. But most of all, I was feeling lost. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the ultimate thing because I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. It's like I was literally, I was broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever had one since then. Um, and thankfully, but every time I've ever come too close to feeling anxious and stuff, just either whether it be breathing or just getting up and getting my hurry a little bit up or something like that usually helps me cool down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I always, I mean, like people, as we go on, we always think like, oh, dude, I'm this is the best I've ever been at being me, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've pretty much got it figured out. I've got the crib. I've got the car. Whether you got a girl or not, you got the girl. Whether it's the guy, you got the guy. Mm-hmm. Got the cat. You know, got the clothes. Got the status. Got the job. But like, something always happens where you just you feel lost. You're just like, dude, I don't, I don't know how to handle this situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with myself. And the people that can like realize that they're lost, I just feel like they they're gonna succeed at getting out of that situation instead of the people that mm, maybe try to fake it till they make it, try to just say like, "Oh, I've got it. This isn't. I'm not lost. Whatever, what, whatever situation I'm in, someone else did something wrong. Like the situation is wrong, not me, mm-hmm. but." Most times when you hear about people's lives, they say, oh, it's me that's wrong. Oh, it's, oh, I fucked up. Yeah. The whole thing is wrong. The girl's wrong. The car's wrong. The clothes are wrong. The job is wrong. Society told me to do it and I've done, and I've done it and now I don't give a fuck. That's why I'm freaking out. Mm. You always hear those stories, you know, reading books or I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm Mm-hmm podcast on my books and it's just like they're always the ones that are wrong Mm -hmm. you always so then that you know you have a moment like that here at 24 you're like shit dude well i better figure it out otherwise pretty soon i'm gonna be 42 and have one and then it's gonna be worse yeah yeah it'd be like fuck got 24 more years compact onto the 24 years i'm gonna be screwed bro yeah just, just gotta be real with yourself. 
man. Like, don't be afraid to reach out either because I guess that's the thing that also I was able to find beauty in and also a very reaffirmation mm-hmm. is that reaching out uh, will bring sometimes answers that you were less expecting to find there. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's been a beautiful, it's been, so far it's been a beautiful journey, I'll tell you this right now. Like, I guess I would count it from January, so 22, 20, what, five days in now. Um, I've been having a roller coaster of a journey. Mm-hmm. It's a very prosperous journey. Mm-hmm. And um, I just hope it continues to be that way and then I can help I guess in a sense, whether it be from what I say or what I act or who I am to be able to help others and continue to help others in a way. But I'm not not broken. And so as calm as collected as you might anybody see, and that's the big point I feel like in yours too, is like as, as good as someone is, it's like they're broken and they're just all trying to find a way. So we're all trying to find our way together. And we start realizing that, I guess, more. And really, life becomes a more beautiful place. Yeah. Mm. I'd rather hang out with somebody that's broken than somebody that has it all together. Yeah. Because broken people talk openly about figuring it out. People that have it all together don't want to talk about what they need to work on. They just want to talk about what they've done to get where they are. Yeah. That's pretentious and annoying to listen to. Yep. And mentors, that's a great quality to have. And you have done a lot of things to get to where you are. Mm-hmm. But at this young age, for me, you know, I like to think that I just kind of document my life. And I don't try to create too much. But I like talking to people that have had pain or still have pain in their life. Mm-hmm. Because I'm 24. I don't fucking know what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure it out, right? I like talking to people that are also on that same like path. It's good to get help from somebody older than me who has like pretty much figured out at least the area of life that I'm in. If they if they could be honest and say I'm 52 and I don't know what I'm doing either, man. Yeah. But that they've they've done my portion of life already, so it's good to get that. But you need to have yeah. I can't hang out with them. Yeah. I can listen to them. I can hang out for a couple hours, but I can't can't hang out with them can't go bowling with them mm-hmm. you know you need to have a little bit of variety it's like the people that are closest to you too also guide you very much it's like oh, a lot yeah, of wise ass souls and young bodies i think in my in my eyes that's how i see it just a lot of old wise bodies young but well, old wise people or thoughts and young bodies where do you think that comes from Probably living a different life some other time. Not gonna lie. You think so? Like one way or another, I feel like we go through some kind of journey somewhere elsewhere or a different time, and then whether we remember it or not, we still bring along a lot of those philosophies, but they don't come out. Or it's like you don't break those or unlock those until you start being more open-minded and start adventuring. Because without the adventure, you don't find that lostness or that lost journey that you once had. But I feel like it also comes very natural to to a lot of people. It's just like there's this, whether it be like skills, like people who are naturally good at communicating or whatever it is like that. It's just traits that they've carried along. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's a it's a cool way because it's like 
even the people that I've met so far and even people I dated, even my ex, like I could say she was a, she definitely lived a different life in a different body. And I think so. A hundred percent. Like she's a wise gal. Very, very good wise gal. Just like kind of like me in a way, like where I have deep thoughts and deep perceptions. Mm-hmm. She was a, a very deep, deep critical thinker, but mm-hmm. she's very strong. And then some things I feel like she's stronger than me. Mm-hmm. And that's why she took a lot of initiatives that I probably couldn't have taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like I learned I learned from an old body and a young or an old soul and a young body. Yeah. I think it also comes from the internet too. Mm-hmm. You've got, and there's so many people on there. You don't know where one quote came from. You just see it yeah. posted up with a mountain. Could have been somebody from 100 years ago, 200 years ago, said something and it's just been kind of passed along. And then some famous some, person yeah, some, tagged it along, go out, grabbed it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. We have these like you you know you pull something from here and you pull something from this page and you see something from Kim K, or whatever. Yeah, you don't really know where it came from, so I think the internet kind of has has like forced us not really forced us because we look at what we like to look at, we look at what we want to, but it's put that like old kind of like where we feel a little bit older mm-hmm. because we're getting knowledge from, you know, so many different who knows what. Yeah centuries and all those things like that too it's a very valid point with that too before it used to just be books Mm -hmm. but now we get such compact little yeah anecdotes of things in in a you know a a finger movement i don't know it's interesting yeah what do you think about ai been trying to figure out a way to get ai to edit my podcast that'd be insane dude i I hate editing (laughs) i just want to do this and that's it yeah that whole i don't know it's it's kind of scary to think about but at the same time it's it's, scary as shit yeah it's it's kind of exhilarating it's like it's a different wave of things for me it's just thinking how everybody's going to adapt to it like classes schools like everything jobs like there are the way we used to cheat no longer can most likely those kids cheat. Oh, they have yeah. other tools to cheat. Now. Oh, they're going to be cheating at the highest level. But now. at the same time, it's like, what restrictions are they going to find to be able to stop those too? And it's like, it's just all like, yeah, it's all spiral of effects of things. It's insane. There's too many. I feel like it's going to a lot of cause a lot of like chaos too and criticism oh, yeah. with the things that people are going to create. Oh yeah, and so there's already a website that can write you a paper. Yeah, and then they can already do your 50 page research paper. And they can create. You give like, them the idea. You give them a paragraph of what it's supposed to be. They got 50 of them. Yeah, and uh, there was one that apparently they can pass the bar. They can pa- pass a medical exam. They can pass like a bunch of really sophisticated tests to get licensings with an AR with an AI mm-hmm. and averaged a B score on all of them. So we're gonna we're not gonna find out who did that until he's chopping up an aorta, pretty much, and he's fucking that shit up. Yeah, it's like it's, it's he's killing thing. somebody he, because he cheated through med school, mm-hmm. or even we're not gonna find out he used AI to write all this shit until he's actually in it. He's that, actually a doctor. That's the scary thing, I think, in my opinion. And it's like all the false ways people are gonna cheat their way through things, or 
Like yeah. False professions. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I think it's super cool, you yeah. know? It, it's cool to draw pictures and, you know, do all the artsy-fartsy stuff with, but when, you know, people are always going to use that kind of stuff to try to make life easier and people don't live the life that I do where they're, you know, basically not worried about too much. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of shit going on and they're going to try to, you know, work it into whatever they can. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Make it, just make it too easy, too easy to do shit, shit that you should be learning to do yourself. But no, I've got the computer to do it for me. Yeah. It's also benefit living in like a small town, Nebraska. Those worries don't come until way later. Yeah, yeah, probably. Somebody that that I was talking about that the other day with somebody that was driving through and they stopped at Perkins. I was working at Perkins and they they stopped through and they were just like, "Oh, I'm on my way to Colorado. We like it here in Nebraska, though. This is this is kind of nice. We've been stopping in these small towns and staying in hotels. We're not on in a big hurry to get back. They were kind of older, mm-hmm. not crazy old, probably like fifty or sixty. And they were just like, yeah, it's it's interesting here. What do you think about living in Nebraska? And I was like, dude, it, it feels like a bubble. The corona happened for about a week. I don't go to school. So, you know, I didn't have to wear a mask anywhere I went. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody told me to wear it, then I'd just kind of put it on. And then when they were gone, I'd take it off and I'd move on. And nobody would tell me again for an hour or two or three or four days or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. You know, I just feel like Nebraska is its own little bubble. Things are cheap. People are nice. There's still space to, you know, build things. There's a bunch of farmland and everything. You pretty much look at everybody you walk past and you go, oh, hey. You might know them, mm-hmm. you know? Literally, yeah. It does feel that way. It does. It's, just, it's a small little, yeah, small little circle. Could, could I smack that? Mm-hmm. Mine died as we're sitting down, but it's like got hella juice. Yeah. It's Brand new. I haven't charged it yet. Yeah. Since I bought it. Now I have to walk all the way over there and get the charger. It's a whole, yeah. It's a whole process. <laughs> um, Fucking, what you been watching on TV? Like, do you watch a lot of shows? Do you watch a lot of movies? Or you just been, just been like grinding, like doing things that you're like, oh, this is going to better me. Or is a little bit of the bettering like sitting down and just being like, I'm going to watch The Office. This is a good idea right now. So um, I have not been dwindling in a lot of shows lately. I've just cut TV and like even playing games, really. I just cut them off a lot. Yeah. Like I've been just sitting in a lot of my thoughts, journaling, reading, like really that. And it's kind of weird. I've also just been going like out with more friends. If it'd be like just got to eat or bowling or something like that but i mean shows i mean someone told me like they made me watch reality tv shows and like the the love island stuff like that you know that that kind of watch a couple of the bachelors in paradise with some friends yeah so i also i mean i I dwindle in anime too sometimes like of course the is a chainsaw man i think it's what it's called um that one was pretty good like animes have great storylines 
as much as they're like goofy and they might think that way. That's what Jonas says. They're very. I don't watch any anime. They get in death. Like some yeah. of them will have very beautiful storylines where like they'll even get you to tears sometimes. Like it's crazy. Yeah. It's a whole way load of a lot into one simple thing, and they're just very creative minds. It's an art, you know what I mean? So it's kind of cool to see those. Um, gosh, I watch a lot of nature documentaries, a lot of oh, like really? nature shows. I watch like a lot of underwater. I think that for me, the underworld, the underworld, underwater, <laughs> deep depths is like a second universe. Oh, so dude. I watch a lot of for that sure. stuff and they're still finding new species. You know, there's so much still left to be freaking seen. So I think there's a Megalodon swimming down there. There's something big down there, 100%. You think? Like 100%. Oh, don't get me scared right now, bro. I always hear about them coming yeah. up with like a new species, and I'm like, oh, it's a fucking microorganism that they couldn't even see before, and now they got microscopes they can see. So, so that doesn't worry me, but see, the, the reason about why. The big, scary shit, bro. After seeing so many things and so on, you realize that things like crustaceans, like shrimp, will grow three times, five times the size down there. They have. Whether it's limited oxygen, whatever it is, they have a surplus of whatever it is. It's like a certain type of cells and so on that they've accumulated and been able to just genetically get themselves to be able to handle those pressures and temperatures down there. So it's like there has to be at least something down there, whether it be in a way like a squid, in my opinion, or something else that yeah. has some kind of or been able to adapt that's lurks down there that can only stay essentially down there because the minute it exposes too high it's you know its genetics component won't be able to to handle that change right. of atmospheric pressure but i could definitely see it like there's just too much space there's too much unknown and there's too much things that pop up that are just not explained yeah and that's yeah. where i'm like mm, i don't know like you'll find some animals down there that they might not get big in size, but they'll get lengthy. Mm -hmm. They'll be freaking like there's these squid that look like I don't know, like monsters almost, but they're they their tentacles grow like eighty meters, like like a Bro. very, very, very long. And it's like for no reason. So it's like if that for whatever reason and we just found that out, it's like what else is out there? You know, There's a lot of caves down there. A lot of things. Something a lot could of be things. like, you think something could be dormant down there? It's been sleeping for like 300 years. Could be. You know I mean, I mean, I can definitely see in like in the Antarctic, like that's where things are frozen. As now things yeah. are getting unfrozen. New Some Captain are, America type situation. Yeah, bro, they got a, they got a woolly mammoth still alive. It could be, you know, never know because they they found replicas of almost intact baby woolly. Um, Woolly mammoths and stuff mm -hmm. like that, where they can extract actual DNA from them and right. all this stuff. Like it's it's nuts. The bacteria that get exposed that now can cause a lot of issues because it's unknown. And mm -hmm. back in the day, it had a lot more room to do things and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So, you think they got stuff at Area Fifty One, like aliens? Shit, man, that's a good question. I could see them having something different. Aliens? I don't know. Like, I could, I don't know, man. It's so expansive. The universe is so expansive, so it could. Like, and the more you learn about it, the more, like, there's places that are just, like, our places. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we haven't got exactly a live specimen, but something that is close enough to looking like there's live something out there. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, specimens, I feel like if it would be in a different galaxy, perhaps, mm -hmm. or even deeper down, or deeper somewhere it's just 
it's going to take a while before we actually get something like that. But yeah, I don't want to be the idiot that says, nah, aliens aren't real. And then one pops up because I don't know things. If I don't know something, I'm not going to for sure say it. There's too much unknowns in the world. Yeah. And I'm not a genius and I don't know. You know, so exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I just, I've seen a lot. I read a lot. I heard a lot. And yeah. I can perceive an opinion on anything, but I haven't even been outer space. So at the same time, it's like, right. is outer space a thing? You know, it's like one of those things that until you see it for yourself, but yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, Do you like going to concerts more or just smoking weed and bumping in the crib? Like, would you, would you want to go to like Burning Man? That, that type of situation? You know what Burning Man is? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I would would you rather go to that or would you rather just like hang out at home and play whatever song you want to play and not stand for six hours? I would definitely love to go to a concert to get those experiences and raves. Mm-hmm. Would I prefer just to chill at home? Like I could see that, but at the same time, that's what I used to do. So right, right now, I guess more I'd be me, me inclined to go explore. Yeah. Especially because I got into photography now. Um, right you were saying yeah. it last time we had coffee yeah so i've been taking pictures and my whole thing is kind of making little like video clips and just memories and then i'll make like a short film at the end of the year in a sense nice. to accumulate all of just everything we did our adventures and then i could probably send a copy to everybody who is a part of it in a sense just mm-hmm. beautiful things and i i like i'm getting trying to get into nature photography as well mm-hmm. so that's my passions that I'm pursuing, and it just that's where I'm dwindling, I guess. Nice. Mm-hmm. At the end, we're going to take a picture. Do you take the pictures on your phone, or do you have a camera? Oh, I should have brought my camera, but um, we can do it on oh, the phone. The, the camera, yeah. though, whenever you, if you need anything, got you. It's like I'm learning, so like I'm, I'm free of charge right now, you know? Right, pro bono. Pretty much. So it's a really great camera, but it, it definitely will be used for good things, and my whole goal is to go to like different events with rave possibly like mm-hmm. you know different concerts i'll probably plan a, we're planning a trip to hawaii um this summer to go nice. visit a friend um and see what else we can get into colorado trips to go snowboarding yeah yeah which you're always welcomed and anybody who's cool is always welcomed you know so right yeah i'll be down yeah once i get off probation yeah dude it'll be hawaii is just a time I've never gotten a tattoo, so this is a thing, too. Oh, you haven't? No, and my parents are very against it, too, which, bless you. I don't really, bless you. Yeah. I don't Thank care you. much anymore. Like, I'd right. probably do it, but I also, I think my first tattoo, if I were to do it, I think it's going to be in Hawaii, and I want to get a tribal poked stick tattoo. Really? Yeah, like, I want to go meet the culture, go experience it, because the Samoans especially, mm-hmm. if... You don't know much about them, but they're very spiritual, very connected. Yeah. And and for, like, example, if you have a tattoo or something like that, if you get honored to be able to get one and you're anywhere in the world and you're getting jumped and a Samoan sees that tattoo, they'll jump in and fight those other people with you. Mm. Like, it's just kind of a natural brotherhood bond that you have through something as simple as artwork on your body. Mm. But for them, it's, like, it's a very big, deep thing. Like, I could go more in depth, but it's just, like, it's just, it's it's really cool. And they don't allow everybody to do it, but my some of the people I, I know over there like know their cultures and stuff like that and the people. Mm. And, I mean, I can always just dream, you know, and see if it happens. But if that doesn't happen, then I probably would get something more like, 
I definitely want to do it somewhere not in probably the United States. I definitely want to travel to get something where it's yeah. a lot more like artwork, artwork. You know? Plus, you have that story, you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You have that story. Somebody asks about it because people ask me about these all the time, mm-hmm. even when I don't even want them to. See, and some people, people are fascinated about yeah. that too. So they want to know why'd you get that one? Well, is there any meaning behind it? Like, you know, they love it. And then having a cool story that goes along with it. Oh, yeah, I had $500 and I went to Denmark, got a tattoo. Yeah. You know, spent a week there, made money on some guy's farm. Who knows what happens? Exactly. And there's you have a story with it. Exactly. And there's that always 50-50 crowd that's always like, what? there's not, you don't always have to have a tattoo on the story. But I'm like, if I want to at least want to start with my first one, I'll start with the first one with the story, and then after that, I can expand essentially. But right. I at least want to have some of those where like, yeah, that was fucking a journey to get to that, or that shit hurt so much. But yeah, yeah, the whole experience made me say yes. You know, like anything like that is just more memorable, and then you carry it on. And then like when you have kids too, be like, dude, I was in this freaking village and whatever, and then in the middle of a tribe. Mm-hmm. Surrounded by whatever, there was no hygiene. I didn't care. They rubbed yeah. there after that, like, and it was awesome. And here I am today, you know? right? And it's like everybody who ever thought like, oh, rubbing on dirt on a wound that's getting affected. It's like, well, shit, I'm here now, so yeah, yeah good, you know. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how it happens. Hopefully, it does. That's one of my goals for this year. So if it happens, it'll be dope. This go time, go on a trip and get a tat. I especially Hawaii. I want to get that Samoan one. Yeah, uh, tribal like they those guys. I don't want to get too in depth because I don't want to also mess up anything and then offend anybody too. Oh, okay, but it's like those things too. It's like yeah. it's it's definitely. Uh, want to go learn about it? Yeah, a rite of passage. Yeah, and yeah. that's a rite of passage. I want to dwindle on a hundred percent. Nice, mm-hmm. nice, dude. Yeah, that'd be insane. Yeah, I've never met anybody real cultured you know real like going to india or something like they have yeah. a culture that i don't understand like i've Buddhist never done anything like that. that yeah, yeah. it's it's and i think I have, that'd be awesome i have this now little baby book almost and it's like about this buddhist monk the lady and she just talks about a lot of crazy things but the big thing about her book is that she makes you realize that she's just a human being like she has lust she has jealousy, she has hate, and she talks about all that. She talks about how she's a Buddhist monk, mm-hmm. and she feels jealous, which all those things you're not supposed to do as a Buddhist monk. Right. But she, like, talks about the realness of it, and yeah, and it's, it's really cool to see it that they're just regular people. Their just beliefs are very strong. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's just, yeah, simple as that. I mean, it's just like with Christians. Mm-hmm. We're, we're humans first before we're associated with anything. Mm-hmm. You know, religion is important for a lot of people. And, you know, I say that I believe in Jesus, but like, yeah, I hit on women when I shouldn't. You know, I've had sex before I've married. Like, mm-hmm. the, I think it's super important to have a relationship with your higher power before you say I'm condemned by the higher power for like what I've done. That's why I come back to Christianity, because I don't know a ton about a like a a lot of other religions. I really don't. I'm pretty stupid. But with with Jesus, it's like everything is kind of determined on what he's done already for you so that you can have a relationship with him instead of where there's some religions where your whole afterlife experience is based on what you do. 
and it I just get stuck on it because it's like, okay, I do things and I don't even know why. Yeah. If there's a God, I like to think that he did everything that he did and does everything that he does for a reason and nothing that I can do can mess up what he's doing. So if I mess up, that's why he, the relationship with him is important because he can't mess up. He's perfect. Like with, like, I don't want to shit on anybody, but like Muslims, your whole life is based on, or your whole afterlife experience is based on how good you are and how f- well you follow the rules. Whereas Christianity is, I mess up every single day and have a relationship and then make it right with him mm-hmm. instead of, <clears throat> oh, I did this. So now I have to do this. That's why I just get, I just get stuck but i want to talk to more and i'm not saying that like my religion is right or like the way that i think is right i'm i'm not going to be that idiot either that's oh well you know there's a heaven and a hell and if you don't believe it then you know mm-hmm. probably gonna go to hell yeah. i'm not gonna say that because i don't know all i can do is just live off of my experiences and then do what i think is right and then hopefully in the end i'm right you know yeah. Yeah. hopefully in the end i'm what i'm believing in my whole life is the right thing to believe in if there is a right thing to believe in but yeah i don't know um i I do definitely want to like like eventually if if i keep doing this podcast i want to have like somebody from every religion on you know like i have to talk to these people a hundred have to learn more than what i know now because i'm seriously stupid Mm. (laughs) like (laughs) i don't know anything people are fascinating yeah 100 percent and that's why it's like, too, it's like, I just want to keep meeting new people. That's why I can't fathom myself to stop right now, too. And it's like the relationship aspect of that thing, too. I think that's what stops. I'm not saying I can't with the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to meet someone who understands that same idea, too. It's like you can both grow together and you can still adventure together, both together and separately. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and still have that connection. Mm-hmm. But it's like we'll see you know it's like you're just kind of got going through life just seeing what's out there but the more you explore the more beautiful life becomes it's like so you got to be open-minded that's the one thing that i tell like people and i try to tell my buddies who i feel like are too constructed in things or too just singled out is just be a little more open-minded just in every aspect yeah is that that definitely it just it makes life more beautiful it just makes it easier but at the same time, it just makes it more clear. It's like yeah. that separation of like even politics and stuff like that. It's like you're so fathomed in one belief. If you would just be more open-minded, then you would understand that you can both do the same just differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a hard time talking to people who are. They might not even be abrasive about it, but the way that they think is not going to change. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. can tell when you meet somebody that's, yeah. oh, dude, nothing I say is going to make this person have a, like a kind of a circle conversation with me. It's going to be one line. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like in a circle conversation, you can, you can say something, they can say something, brings it over here. You can say something, brings it way up here and you're both totally on opposites. And then you can come back around and still, go bowling after it you know you can still hang out you can still spend time with this person you can still show up to work with this person the next day and not have some 
oh, this guy thinks this and he's fucking stupid for that or know or like have that sense of, oh, they think I'm wrong because I think differently than them. Like when, when you have a conversation with someone who it's going to go in a line, like you're, you're starting here and if you're not with them on the line, then by the end of it, you're here and they're there and that's yeah. it. You remember how you were saying about that girl at the, it was just like the example of the girl at the coffee place and mm-hmm. the Snapchat getting fear to that and like, yeah. like that. It goes back to that. If you're just open-minded and then you just go to them and then they are open-minded as well. You just met another open-minded individual and they answered your question of being more open-minded. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like simple as that. And that's why it's like sometimes best to just take the, the first steps or the first baby steps and things and mm-hmm. that feel uncomfortable because mm-hmm. then you'll find the most clarity in them. Mm-hmm. Scary though. Yeah, it is a scary thing, but hey, not even talking to girls, just, just like the whatever is scary, you know, but it's like you can't grow with, with being scared all the time. Yeah. You can't yeah. learn. You can't. Or on the opposite side of it, you can't, you can't grow with being comfortable. You have to be scared. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you have both of them, but then you also have to know how to overcome that scaredness. Yeah. You know, because that's what I think sets a lot of limitation to us. Is that fear. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, dude. Fear, man. I mean, for some people, it makes you do more than you ever thought was capable. That, you know. But some people, they, they're so scared that they're not going to move. You know, some people are the deers, the deer in the headlights. They're scared of the lights, so they're not going to move. Why are you going to get hit by a motherfucking truck, bro? Exactly. You got to move. Yeah. Okay. Some people are birds. You know, something happens and they just fly away. They just figure it out. They go somewhere else. I think I'd rather be a bird. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I move, my cat freaking runs. I'd be a cat. You can't. They're always just chill. Like that. Right? Yeah. I got up, started moving around. She'd she'd freak out, run away. Um, dude, we've been doing this for like two hours. Yeah. You got you got anything to do tonight? Um, possibly here in a bit. I mean, I have a few more minutes essentially. Yeah, you guys gonna go out tonight or anything? I don't know yet. Um I could probably ask them to go out, but I don't know yet. I might just chill, hang out with a friend or something or Yeah. I might just go work out, honestly. I don't know. Yeah. Like I always just leave it for as a minute goes by. I guess the hour yeah. goes by. It's more if anything fun. comes up and then yeah. how I'm feeling. I would, I mean, I would be down to go take shots and stuff, but like that's all I do is take shots because I don't like alcohol in general. Right. So just, just rather just get the feeling. Mm, just to get one done. Let's just do tequila because tequila tastes like water to me. I don't really? know what it is, bro. It's really weird. Everybody's well, you're like, Mexican. I think it's that. <laughs> I'm Salvadorian. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Man, I fuck up. You I fuck up every me. time, bro. <laughs> it's all good, though. I fuck but up yeah. every time. I'm just, I'm brown. It's just brown blood, I guess. Tequila <laughs> mix. But definitely that stuff. What's the other thing that I like? Oh, I'm good at chugging. So Really? I am not. Dude, that's the one thing. I, I can't even finish one beer. It's like a hidden talent almost. Uh, when I was in high school, yeah. my buddy was like, hey, like, his first time drinking really and he gave me a corona and then the other guy was like all right let's chug it it's racing and i was like all right boom knocked it down 
And dude was like, wait a minute. He's like, what the fuck was that? And he's like, next, and he's like, brought more people in. He's like, do it again. Next thing I know, it was like <laughs> seven again. Coronas deep and like oh, a whole God. crowd of people just watching me chug this thing and just down. It's just, I don't know, like oh, no homo, but it's like I open my throat up or something. No, yeah, that's what you got to like, do. And it just, it just goes down. He said, yeah. no homo. <laughs> that's what you got to do when you chug. You just yeah. have to like open your throat. Yeah. And so like whenever, like twisted teas are super easy. Like twisted teas go down like a juice box almost. Yeah. Anything that doesn't have a lot of foam. Yeah. Yeah. It's just water. Like, oh yeah. that thing down too. I can't do any yeah. of that. <laughs> it's crazy. I can't shotgun. Yeah. I've been iced before. Somebody iced me a couple of weeks ago when I was working the door at Bricks. <sighs> I couldn't even finish the one ice. I, I, and it was warm. It wasn't even cold. Every time I see people like drink like that and it just takes them forever, I'm like, dude, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude. You'd, be, you'd be crying, bro. You'd be uh, crying watching me get iced. It's like halfway through, I'd pick up... And bring it down. Come on, man. Uh, dude, <laughs> so, no. uh, I cry. I get so upset. I want to be good at it so bad. And I know. Just open your throat. Just drink it. I'm like, I can't. It's like almost like you you take the first swallow and then on the second swallow as you're opening up, you just force the liquid down. Yeah. It's like that's that's I guess the key. I because I I go. No, I also like fill up my mouth a lot. So the first the first fill Fill up your whole entire mouth. Yeah. Take that first gulp and it opens up your mouth and you just suck the rest of it and it just kind of like free falls. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> it's like it's no, it like makes it. sense. Yeah. Watching me uh, swallow any pills is also Dude, fucking. I was about to ask fucking, you, how are you with pills? You have to take it one at a time too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like six. Yeah. Bro, I will chop them up. <laughs> I will Dude. fucking crush them and put them <laughs> in and then fucking swish it around and then drink it as a powder. I'm a, I'm such a bitch, bro. My roommates. If they're big too, no oh. chance. <laughs> oh, no chance. You can't take any fish oil with vitamins. No, you? no, <laughs> no. I chop them up into six teams. Yeah. Those I'm are, such a pussy. It's a liquid gel. So it's just, oh yeah, yeah. No, I'd put it in my mouth and let yeah. it dissolve yeah. <laughs> with water in my mouth for 15 minutes and then I'd swallow it. That's crazy. No, I, I can't. Five, six it. pills. Just <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, my dude. God. I take, like, a lot of vitamins. My mom, like, has always gave me a lot. It says, like, yeah. multivitamin of D3, yeah. a, like, turmeric, yeah. some other crap, and then, like, a multi-gummy or something like that, and just all in the mouth. I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I cannot do one at a time. That should just... Uh, it me <laughs> off. The only way can do it. Dude, I have the little juice plus capsules. Oh. You can untwist them. I untwist them. Yeah. I put them. I put. I put. I put. I, I, I untwist them and I put them all in the in, in, in the, the powder, in the cup and yeah. then yeah and then I, I you know Amen. I won't put very much water in there because I don't want to drink the whole like gross thing. Dude. I just put like a little bit in and then I just in one maybe put some more water finish it. And then that's it. I can't. I can't do Crazy, it. Crazy man. I need to see that sometime. <laughs> Honestly, I record it. And I'll it's put it into the edit of the video. Just <laughs> pretend it's like actually drugged or something. Dude, it's so bitch, bro. It's so bitch. It's the most bitch thing about me. I don't know if it's the most bitch because I'm pretty bitchy. I'm 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 very much a bitch. I'm very much a pussy, bro. Like I know that there's like a lot of things that I do that somebody else would look at that and go, oh wow, that was. Bitch. How, do you, how do you use your silverware? Like pretend you you're cutting a steak. Um, I mean, fucking, probably cut it, 
And then like, you know, I'd probably actually I hold yeah, it with a fork. There it is, yo. There <laughs> I hold it with a fork like that. Like I'm six drawing a crayon, drawing with a crayon. Yep, yep. I just grab the whole thing, yep. fucking full fist that hoe, stab it with a fork, and then cut it. And chop. Yeah. And then uh, uh, I'll scrape it off, put the knife down, grab it. <laughs> And then poke it and then do that over and over again. I don't cut them all at the same time, which I should. I cut one at a time and then do this whole process. See, I cut like, this is my fork right here. Okay. This is my knife. Okay. Grab, press, cut, and then grab. Fuck, dude. You know why? Like, also, I really like doing that. Because you're a man. Because <laughs> you have balls and a wiener. <laughs> have you ever seen Mr. Fuck. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Smith? No. So Brad Pitt? A, yeah. So he's Angelina Jolie. Yeah, there's a scene of him eating breakfast. I don't know okay. what it is about him, like the mouthful, but he's like chewing and he's just like, he looks good chewing. And I'm like, oh, bro. That mouthful of food, like if you do it correct, I'm like, that probably looks attractive. <laughs> so I was like, Dude. I'm always going to try to eat more sophisticated to look like that. <laughs> so every time I eat breakfast, that's the first thing no. that comes into my mind. Is, Next time I do anything with you and we eat, I'm just thinking in my brain. Yeah, Emerson thinking he looks like Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt right now. The steak over here in the side. Side cheek, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that's funny you say that though because uh, all of the oceans movies, like any scene Brad Pitt's in, and they're not doing something, he's eating. Yeah, but he looks good eating. And he looks fucking exactly. good eating. That's what I'm saying, dude. They wouldn't do that for anybody it's, else. It's like the jawline. He looks jaw fucking muscle, hot as shit, and he's just like all packs it to one side, and it's yeah, just like bro, half like chewing with his side smile, like <laughs> just yeah, little fucker. Dude. Fuck that guy, <laughs> yeah. huh? Son of a bitch. Yeah, that's that's why I do it like that. That's yeah. funny as shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who the fuck taught me how to eat, bro. I stabbed <laughs> that shit and then cut it and then put it all down and then grab the fork and then eat it. And I also eat steak with fucking barbecue sauce like a pussy. I don't, hey, man. I don't eat the steak like, A1 like some sauce. people are like, oh, okay, I don't need I don't need any sauce with my fucking yeah, steak. Steak should be eaten with no sauce, yeah. bitch. I eat it with barbecue sauce. Heinz 57, some A1. A1, yeah, Tabasco sauce mixed with that. Kind of good. Um, my dad does a lot. Yeah. Um, I eat like carne asada type situation, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, salsa. My mom makes some homemade salsa. Oh yeah. Shit's gas. Yeah. That way, but like a like a steak at a restaurant, I'll just eat it like that. Yeah. yeah. At a restaurant, it's easier. When I make like I have steaks in the in the uh, sink right now, they're mm-hmm. dethawed. They're probably dethawed as fuck. But I'll eat it with barbecue sauce if I make it myself. But if mm-hmm. I go to a restaurant, it's easier. Yes, but I'll no. still ask. Like I'll be like, "You got barbecues?" Hey man, don't tell anybody. Like, could I get some? Could I get some? Could, that BBQ. What are they called? Could I get some? Oh, dude, what is that? Hey, bro, do you have any sweet baby rays? The sweet baby. Rays. <laughs> that is gas. <laughs> I go to, to Paris, France. Be yeah. like, yo, you got any sweet baby rays, bro? Hundred percent. You just paid a hundred dollars for this steak. Are you seriously asking for sweet baby rays, bro? Yeah, I mean, I need it, man. Wow, That's shit, funny. <laughs> Bro, you gotta try to make a basket. Okay. Okay, so here's the basketball. Fuck. It's like that. Alright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh this is the Oh nope. Thing. Let me restart. <laughs> the microphone. No. <laughs> so <laughs> How many shots? Oh, that was close. That was number four or number five? 
getting close. We'll call that six. Uh, nah, that was worse. Yeah. Seven. This is ridiculous. Oh! Did that go in? I yeah. Guess. Okay, good. That was good. number eight, bro. Number eight, then. Cool. Took Emercito eight shots eight to make shots. the fucking hoop in the in the Ugly Franco show, okay? What's the record? I don't know. No. Pretty sure you have it. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> on the la- on uh, on one of my last podcasts I did, I had a bunch of stupid fucking stuff in my fridge. It was mm-hmm. like an apple, pickle relish, sour cream, and like chachi's powder. Uh-huh. Like salt seasoning shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I put it all together and I, I told him, okay, you got five shots if you don't make it. And you got to take a bite of this apple with all the shit on it. They couldn't make it in five shots. Well, one of them did make it in five shots. But they're like the line goes from the edge of the black thing to uh-huh. that way. And then the edge of the black thing to that way. Right. Yeah. So like you got to stand behind there. So they were standing like right here. Oh, one of them made it in like two and then one of them made it in eight. Well, eight shots. Sitting so eight down. shots is. Yeah. Okay. I'll take but it. But your boy. Yeah. I mean, it took me about three. So. Yeah. Let's see it again. Then, okay. Bro. You want it? All right. <laughs> that was number one. <laughs> <laughs> You did it! You did it sitting down, so I'm gonna do it for the couch, too. Yeah. Let's see. That's number one. Number two. It was worse. It was way worse. It was way worse, dude. Alright, automatic from right here, though. Alright, number three. Okay. Fifth it again. Automatic is a bold statement. Automatic. Automatic. Number four. Oh! Still missed. One more automatic. Yep, automatic title taken away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there oh. it is. All right, we'll give him. We'll give him the fourth one. <laughs> automatic, it is. <laughs> okay, so okay, so nobody has beaten me <laughs> in my house. Yeah, okay, what was that? Like seven? We'll just say seven. It was something like seven. Six. We'll just go yeah. six. I don't think it was eight. That's the whole point. Uh, see, that was four over there. You shot five, and then you shot six. Yeah, six. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, so <laughs> I got that and I was like, dude, I'm just going to make people shoot it yeah, and well. fuck it's around because it's fun. Yeah. You know, I like it. Hell yeah, brother. Well, dude, what do you think? You want to keep hanging? You want to keep talking? What do you got? What's you got any mean? questions for me? Hmm. I guess I can hang you with the final question. Let me think. Oh, baby, make it juicy. Make it real juicy, man. Gotta rip your scuzzer while you're thinking. Yeah. Such a fucking fiend. It's okay. Let's see. Shout out to Drew Size. Drew Size is the one who calls it a scuzzer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I haven't seen him in forever. Hope he's doing good. Oh, yeah, he's chilling. Drewski. Hopefully. Maybe he's yeah. dead. I don't know. I haven't yeah. seen him in a while. He's a while, man. <laughs> tiger, is it? Yeah, Tiger. That's all I remember him from. Tiger? <laughs> what? The Tiger story? You don't what remember tiger? that? What tiger I, I don't story? Know if I can disclose that and if he ever comes here, but he oh, asked, definitely. Yeah, ask him about the the tiger story. Why he he was known for the tiger? No, no, no! Tell me right you now! Fuck you? that! Right. So, Fuck that! So yeah, okay. I want to know. I guess, sorry about. If the I know, I know. But apparently, Drew, I made him do it. Yeah, uh, they went. I don't think he's gonna be embarrassed. Drew doesn't get embarrassed about anything. Yeah, it was high school, so. Um, they were having a party at a disclosed e, almost Hispanic place. I won't say the name, 
but essentially um he went there and it was like I know my, I think my cousin was there and other people too. It's like they got in trouble with the basketball team and all that. Oh, yeah. that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he had all bloody and stuff like that. He got like, I don't know what happened. I think his nose started bleeding or something like that. Okay. And he had a tiger shirt on and he was like bleeding everywhere. And apparently he was just screaming like he was drunk as shit. And he was like, I'm the tiger. He's like, I'm tiger. And so like he's tiger. <laughs> yeah, dude. Bloody face, just drunk as shit. Tiger shirt, I'm Tiger, and yeah, I saw. I remember him from a Tiger because he showed me the That's picture funny too. As fuck. He was like smiling, and he had I never heard that yeah. story, bro. He had like bloody teeth and stuff, and just I was like, what a guy! It's like he had a fun night, <laughs> and they all had like a lot of conditioning in basketball because they got caught. Yeah, everybody got in trouble for that. <laughs> yeah, my cousin, I remember seeing him suffer. I laughed. <laughs> it's like all my attention from when I was a little kid. <laughs> let's see question could be serious could be real dumb man honestly where do you see yourself in 10 years by jail no just kidding <laughs> <laughs> bro where do i see myself in 10 years yeah man where do you hope to see yourself in 10 years damn bro i'm glad you asked me this Nobody really asked me this, and I have an idea, right? Yeah. People ask sometimes, and sometimes I give like a stupid answer, like jail. But like honestly, bro, I'm gonna get off probation here, and so the podcast is never gonna stop. I've done podcasts on my own. So if I move to a different city and don't have anybody to do it with, I'll do it on my own and I'll just talk about what I'm doing and my experiences and what I'm learning and what I'm kind of figuring out for myself. And so the podcast is never going to stop. Um, the people that listen to it mainly are younger than me. The age group is like 23 to 27. So I'm 24 and I know like a lot of my friends listen to it and a lot of, you know, I have a lot of people that people know and so they'll share it on their story and then their friends will listen to it. But like people that just find out that I have a podcast that I haven't had on that I don't really know are younger than me, like kids in high school or kids that are still in college and stuff like that. Yeah. So that'll be like my target audience, I guess, is like young kids. But what I want to do, because I have no skill, I have no degree, you know, I make, I, I learned how to make t-shirts for a year and a half, but I'm not really doing anything with that. Um, I got two different jobs, screen printing t-shirts. So that could be a skill and that could be like a job that I get, but learning what I know about myself is I'm good with talking, right? I'm good with people. Yeah. So I have to get a serving job. I have to make that hundred dollars or $200 a day at a serving job. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be waiting tables. When I move away from here, I have to move to either L.A., New York, Chicago, or Atlanta because that's where they make TV. So I, I got to go and audition for commercials and, you know, shows because I love just, like, acting. I love, like, pretending to just be someone. When I go to work, you know, I'll bust out my dumb little voices and I'll do, like, my accents and stuff like that and I'll just be that person and take people's mind off of, Oh, we're getting slammed right now out front. You know, I'll just yeah. do that. I love that. 
So I got to move to like Omaha first or Minnesota and keep doing like comedy. Um, do like open mics every night because when I was doing open mics, I was doing them like once or twice a month, maybe up to four times a month. That's not really, you know, when you go to work eight hours a day, nine hours a day, 10 hours a day, that's what you're getting good at. Mm. 10 minutes, twice a month. You're not really getting good at it. Right. So I got to do as many sets as I can in a night. I got to go to an open mic here. I got to go to an open mic here. I got to go open mic here. You got to talk to people. That's how I'm going to get people on the podcast, going out, finding relationships, building relationships, stuff like that. But you got to keep building the skill of talking. So, or yeah, I got to, I got to just keep talking. So eventually once I am ready to move away from there, there's auditions you can do on your phone. So like you can send in something through an email and just like, like I looked it up the other day for the first time and I was just shocked. There's so all I did was look up auditions, online auditions. There's hella websites that are like remote audition for a 30 second commercial, you know, must be fun, energetic, interesting features are welcome. You know, interesting facial facial features are welcome. And it's like, holy shit. But the thing that I want to do is just like not have a job, right? Like I don't have to like, I don't want to have to clock in, right? Or if I do clock in, I want to be in the entertainment business somewhere because I listen to so many podcasts and not to be like pretentious or sound like, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, bro. They're comedy podcasts, Mm -hmm. you know, like, but I'm learning from them. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care what you say, like, like not you, but like if somebody's listening, they're like, you can't learn anything from a comedy podcast, bro. If you're going into it with intention, you can learn anywhere, anything, anything. Mm -hmm. whether from their story or how they're telling a story about nothing. Like you can like, listen you you can listen to how they ask a question which gets a great response from whoever they're talking to whether they're the guest or the interviewer like you can learn something so i'm learning something all the time and so um yeah dude in 10 years hopefully i am in a bigger city um pursuing that path i don't have a set goal like in, in five years, I, I want to be making money from my podcast and not have a job. Or in, in three years, I want to have half my bills paid from the podcast. Or in two months, I want to have a TikTok go viral. I don't have any goals like that. However long it takes me is however long it takes me. Because I'm along the way, life happens, right? Mm-hmm. Life knocks at the door goes, hey, fool. Fuck you. Yeah. Right? Like shit happens. So I don't know what's going to happen. Whether I meet a girl, you know, having a, have starting a family, you know, stuff like that. Or I have a health problem or I get into a car accident. Like whatever happens, I don't know. So I'm not putting like a time limit on myself at all. Um, I just have to continue to like try to do this because this is what I love to do. I love to entertain. I love to listen. I like to learn. I like to talk, you know? So yeah, 10 years from now, I mean, I see myself like, like being broke because 10 years, it doesn't feel, I'll only be 34. That's still young as fuck. Right. So in 10 years, I don't think that I'm just going to be like 
you know, like the man on the set or whatever. Maybe I'll get a couple lead roles in a couple TV shows or something. I don't know. I could be guy number eight. You know, I could be grinding it out, working at serving jobs and getting $5,000 a week um, or $5,000 a gig once every three months and then just continuing to show up for the auditions and be that guy for forever. But that's a fulfilling life to me because I'm like trying to do what I like to do and then maybe at 80, I get something, and you know, they're like, okay, we'll pay you $30 million to be in this movie and that's like the pinnacle of my skills. That at 80 is when all of my skills have finally compounded and I'm perfect for the 80-year-old fucking wise guy, mm-hmm. you know? Like the Morgan Freeman type guy or the fucking yeah. Michael Caine type guy, you know, Alfred and Batman. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe that's when I'm going to hit the peak in my like acting career and I'll finally be like, okay, well. I got 20 more years, maybe, you know, but like, yeah, 10 years from now, hopefully I'm just like pursuing, um, life in the entertainment industry, trying to be my own boss and not, not work at, you know, not have a boss. Or if I do have a boss, it's in, in a completely different setting. So yeah, that's what I think, dude. That's what I see. But if it happens, it happens. And I just... The only thing that I can kind of hold on to is that I don't have anything else. Like, this is seriously what I want to do. And I'm not going to be fulfilled. Like, in, in three years, if I'm still at Perkins here in Kearney, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. I'll only be 27, you know. But, like, I just I just know myself now. The whole time, probation has been like a loading phase. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm loading. I'm like building all these skills i'm working i have three jobs so i'm kind of constantly doing something on my days off i do this so i'm getting like a regimen of working because you listen to podcasts and they're always like or reading books like you know they're always doing something yeah they don't really have the time where they come home and they're just like yeah i sat on my phone and looked at tiktok for six hours they're always trying to find something better to do to better themselves yep they're working out, they're interviewing someone, they're flying somewhere, they're making a call to do something, they're going to the auditions, they're on set, they're reading the script, they're learning, they're vlogging, they're making content for online, they're talking to their business people about how they can get their merch out better or what they can do to make the consumer experience better. Like they're doing something all the time. Yeah. And listening to the podcast, it like hit me, dude. It was one of those moments where you had the night where you're like, okay, I'm going to change and I'm going to change tomorrow. And it set off and it, it took like a long time to get where you are now. And it still is taking time to get where you want to be, even though it's never going to stop. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it was for me. It was just like, fuck dude. Like I don't do enough things. I go to Domino's and I come home. Mm -hmm. I do my podcast, but that's once a week, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't learn how to make my podcast grow. I'm not learning how to build credit or, you know, do things like that. Um, yeah, it, it just, it just kind of hit me and I was just like, dude, I got to be doing more. So that's why like I could, I could work at Domino's every day and be just fine. Like I could make enough money to pay the bills and buy my coffee and I'll be fine. Right. But like, 
of course, doing more things is going to bring you more money, which is going to fund what you really want to do in life, Mm -hmm. whether that's hang out at home, buy weed, play video games, like fucking buy shirts, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Whatever it is you want to do, I'm not knocking it. Live and let live, right? Yeah. But like what I want to do is, you know, go into the entertainment business. So I got another job working at Perkins and then I moved to day shift immediately. So days at Domino, I was nights at Domino's for forever. So I'd sleep till four in the afternoon. I'd get home at two, three in the morning, go to drug testing, maybe at four forty-five, and then sleep until four and then wake up and then do the whole thing. I felt like I was wasting my time and I did that for over a year. So I just got that idea, listening to a podcast, like, fuck, I'm not doing enough. Switched it. Gone to days now at Domino's, days at Perkins, and then I work one or two nights a week at the Bricks, and then I do this. Do I still waste time? Of course. Like, I'm not the hardest worker that I know. You know what I'm saying? Like, Kevin Hart can look at himself and say, no, I'm the hardest motherfucking worker I know. I'm the hardest working person in Hollywood. I don't give a shit. You know, I am definitely not the hardest working person, even in Carney, but like, this is what I know that I have to do to get me on the path. Even though being the hardest worker isn't something that I value very much. Like David Goggins, like it will eat his soul if he doesn't feel like he's the hardest worker in the room. Mm -hmm. Like I'm pretty much chilling knowing that I do what I want to do and I'm working hard at it. But if somebody else is like, you could be doing more, I'll just go. Yeah, you're probably right. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, every, every journey starts at different times. And you always just, it's just the beginning right now. You're just the beginning of your journey, too. Yeah, it's dude. Like, it really is. And it's just good for you to finally find something where you're passionate enough to keep as a trait. And that's the thing. As long as you see yourself better in 10 years, it's like that's the most important thing for yeah. me. I mean, that's, I guess, the big takeaway for me. Is yeah. as long as you see improvement, and as simple as that. It's what about you? Where do you see yourself in ten years? Well, yeah. thanks for asking first, yeah, man. man. You know, I do like talking about myself sometimes, yeah. and I like hearing <laughs> I like hearing about other people. So it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, me in ten years, it's besides me being in a better place. Um, I just I would like I really hope that I I can find the stability in myself. Whether it be finding the passion in real estate or finding the passion in my my career choice, um, that I still have that drive, or if wherever I'm at, I I'm happy in a way where I can keep continuing and still see a bigger journey after those next ten years, because at thirty five it is not that far away, and but I don't want to limit myself to thirty five, and I want to keep going and thirty five whether. I am in a good place. I want to be in a better place at 45 and in a better place at 55 and then even a better place at 65 as long as I can. Essentially, I never stop. Um, so, I mean, maybe wealth isn't a big thing, but at the same time, I just hope I have enough health and prosperity to be able to help the people I hope to help and help the contributions that I hope to help in the future, in a sense. So that's where I care about wealth. But besides that, I just care about my good standing in health and good standing mentally and the people around me are doing good. It's as simple as that. Ten years from now, whatever it is, I know it'll be good. And that's just, I think I'm content with that. I don't have essentially a plan constructed entirely, but I know it'll be good. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know you're more secure in yourself than this, but don't worry about not having a plan mm-hmm. because literally a year ago at 23, this is when it like started mm-hmm. in my brain. Like I've always kind of had like a plan, but for the first for sure 22 years, it was just whatever I'm doing today is the plan. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I'm doing today. Yeah. So like it barely started for me mm-hmm. at 23. You know, and I know you're more secure in yourself than, you know, being worried about not having a plan. But yeah, if there's anything I could give you, like, don't trip about not having a plan because like anything younger than 30 is still young as shit. Yeah. And even 40, bro, is young as shit. Yeah. Still a like, lot of life to live. There's a ton of life. Mm-hmm. Like, like people at 50 look at us and call us babies. Yeah. Like we think we're adults, we're get we're coming into our own. They literally laugh at us, mm-hmm. and that's how it should be. Yeah, we are babies. We're like, I'm not even like I'm about to turn 25 here in February, and that's of if I live to 100, that's one fourth of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's so much time. Yeah, I appreciate your words, man. Well, you know. I do what I can, but I also know everything, so never doubt me. Just kidding. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Always. <laughs> dude. Fucking Cito, thanks for coming, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. I'm glad you came now. This is a good time in Definitely. both of our lives to talk about stuff, you know. Yeah. Would have been different if we did this a year ago. Hundred percent. So I never can rush anything. Yeah, yeah. Timing is everything, baby. Yes, sir. Dude, do you have anything to give to the people before we dip out of this hoe? Man, um. One of your lasting remarks here. I think I might have something. Nah, you can't have a quote. It's got to be from your brain. It's This is my quote, actually. Oh! These are my, these are my sayings. In a sense. Oh, let's this go, dude. Let's go, dude. I just. I want to hope that this year brings a lot of prosperity for people. I want them to bring self-love, hope, inspiration, light. But most of all, I hope that people find adventure. Um, there's a saying, uh, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift, and that's why it's called the present. And, I mean, if it matters anything, I'll always be rooting behind the scenes. Every individual person out there, I'm proud of you. Uh, keep going. Keep fighting. Um, it's okay if it hurts. It's just like really maybe through the darkened journey that we are taught how to appreciate the warm, how to chase the light. I hope you guys have a blessed new year, and I hope you guys continue to find beauty wherever there is not and keep finding the light when there isn't. Real shit, dude. Real shit. Ladies and gentlemen, Emerson Canales. This is episode whatever the fuck it is of the Ugly Franco Show. Thanks for fucking hanging out with us. I love you guys. Drink some water. Go for a walk. Get some sunlight. Call your mom. Tell your lover. Hug a stranger. Fucking do your best, dude. Have a blast, baby. Love you guys. Love you. We out.
And we dap it and snap it. Boom!